2: But your eyes tell you it's true. Shut. I'll turn
3: up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck.
4: And welcome to episode 260 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle and this is the second episode of April 2019 and in this episode we are dipping our kaiju toes into the ocean that is Ultraman. My co-host will be joining me in just a little bit in order to highlight some of the episodes that we have decided to cover, you know, similar to how our Ultra Q episode was structured. We also have ultra-historian August Ragoni involved with this installment in order to break down some important ultra-facts about the birth of Ultraman. Now let's kick things off with Animetal's theme to the original Ultraman, and then we'll just dive right in. Here is a question for you listeners. Do you know who Ultraman is? Hopefully you did not just turn off the episode when you heard what it was about. There are actually fans out there who like to reject Ultraman because they feel it's inferior to Godzilla. They won't watch it. Sometimes those weirdos even feel the same about Gamera and really anything else non-Godzilla. In a way, I was one of those people like a long time ago. Even after I had been exposed to Ultraman, it had like two strikes against it, according to my ridiculous notions. Number one was that the show had a much lower quality than what I was used to seeing in the Godzilla series. But as August had explained to me, when he showed me some actual episodes of Ultraman way back in like 2000, Tsuburaya was sort of producing these at somewhat of a breakneck speed, and they were just not going to have the same luxuries in the time and money department. And number two, hopefully you're sitting down for this. I was actually kind of biased against the show and did not expect it to be good. Because of that, I let it sit on my shelf. I mean, I was like, oh, dude, a $5 Ultraman DVD? Sure, I'll buy that. And then I let it sit on my shelf forever. Never watched it until actually I got involved with this podcast. And I think if anybody listened to the podcast way back in 2009... You probably heard how clueless I was about the entire Ultraman franchise when I talked to Bob Johnson about it. I think back I think that was our first year. Anyway, that all boils down to this point I'm about to make, which is holy crap you guys, I was wrong. I was so wrong about Ultraman. Ultraman is so good. There was something I guess I just had to get past in order to start enjoying it. And that might have been because Lady Kyle found some uh, kaiju from Ultraman that she really liked. And I know that at some point I just decided during the podcast, I was like, I am going to watch the entire Ultra series, meaning the first 66 series. And I did. I powered through it and I finished it. And I was like, oh, man. Feather in the cap, I can do that and say that I've done it, but I also really enjoy the series. There's something really comforting about it, I guess. Ultraman is pretty incredible, and it took me way too long to understand it, and I really think that since I didn't grow up with this, I needed to start learning about some of that behind-the-scenes stuff first in order for me to begin appreciating it. You've probably heard me say this before on the podcast, Ultraman is way more popular than Godzilla in Japan. Ultraman is huge. Don't get me wrong, Godzilla is still a household name, but over there, Ultraman rules. Similar to Godzilla, he never really stopped. Uh, There were some small breaks with Ultraman, again, like Godzilla. The Ultra series has, like, continued in, uh, not as Ultraman Ultraman, but in the form of, like, spinoff titles like Ultra 7, Ultraman Leo, Ultraman Ace, Ultraman Mabius, Ultraman X, Ultraman Jeed, And uh, seriously, so, 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 so many more of those Ultra series. I think if you include Ultra Q, the list of Ultra series is like 30 long. So I hope what you're getting is that Ultraman is a phenomenon. And it's a phenomenon that started back in 1966. I mean, technically, while they were making Ultra Q, and since we covered Ultra Q on the last episode and heard some expert evidence on the designs of that series, I thought it would be more than apt to invite August Ragoni back. That's right. The author of Eiji Tsuburaya, Master of Monsters, the biography on the special effects legend Eiji Tsuburaya is back with us. Now, August, what can you tell us about the birth of Ultraman? What can
5: I not tell you? <laughs> That's more important. There's just, there's just so much. And it's like any other TV show or movie that goes into development and... It's amazing the amount of development that happened in such a quick pace of time uh, from the first big ratings for Ultra Q premiering in January of 66 mm-hmm. to actually starting to shoot Ultraman a couple months later. <laughs> it's like the productions sort of overlapped. TBS wanted another show. They knew this thing was going to be a hit. TBS being the Tokyo Broadcasting uh, System Network. Originally, they thought about doing a part two to Ultra Q. Really? Yeah, they were thinking of well, we could produce a second series, try to get the same amount of budget or or whatever we can get, and Subaruya always being a very uh, conscious of of trying to take these budgets and 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 take the money and put him in these areas that he really wanted to put him in. But by also using cost-cutting methods like reusing monster suits, repurposing monster suits, not because he was cheap or they didn't have the money, it was because he could put that raw budget into some other area, like to do better optical effects or build more miniatures or whatever it happened to be. So they were thinking about doing an actual monster versus monster series, which would be Two different Ultra Q monsters, or an Ultra Q monster and a, a pre-existing Ultra Q monster, and a new monster, and have them fight it out. So it was going to be like uh, this was an idea that was actually proposed. Wow! Yeah. And they were just going to have different monsters punching each other every week, and that kind of developed into well, why don't we do something more original? The network was like, that sounds great, but you know, why don't we do something in color? And uh, they said, well, why don't we come up with something where that's similar to your concept? but we'll just launch a whole new series. So originally, there was going to be an alien monster that comes to Earth that's benevolent, and he was going to fight other monsters. And this concept totally foreshadowed the Gamera series, which hadn't happened yet. You know, you just had the first Gamera movie out and uh, the second Gamera movie in production. And it also foreshadows the 70s Godzilla films because this is the same basic concept. So they had this concept of the monster protecting the Earth, and they wanted to add a uh, special monster fighting unit of humans, kind of elaborating on the three main characters from Ultra Q, but now we're going to give them equipment and uniforms and ray guns and all that stuff, and basically what became the Science Patrol and Ultraman, and they uh, came up with this idea that was going to be called Bemlar, with the subtitle, The Scientific Investigation Agency. And it would have them supporting this monster. And they also came up with the concept of the monster having a human host that would transform into the monster. Now, the designer for this concept was Akira Watanabe, who was a main man at Toho, uh, worked on all the early films, designed King Ghidorah. And uh, he came up with this monster design that looked like a a, uh, mythological Thai Garuda, sort of a winged reptile. And that design was eventually passed on when they decided to settle on a humanoid alien and not a monster alien. The sidebar here is Akira Watanabe, a couple years later, actually about a year year and a half later, went on to make a movie called Gappa. And that was Gappa's design. It was originally (laughs) the design for the first thing in Ultraman. And it was going to be called Bemler. Subarai decided to keep that name Bemler as the first monster in what became Ultraman. And uh, they kept developing the show with uh, input from, again, the network dictating a lot of stuff to them. And they said, well, look, you know, we want a, a humanoid character uh, because if we're going to have these monsters fighting on television, the producers at TBS that were working with Suburaya, uh like Takashi Kokoi, they were very creative producers. They weren't just these guys in suits chopping on cigars going, that's going to cost too much. Cut it. Right. <laughs> you know, this guy, this guy was like, look, well, here's the problem I can see with audiences, the the idea of this friendly monster fighting other monsters uh is great, but if there's a ca- casual viewers might be confused who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. So they said there you know, why don't we make the the main character this this the why don't we make the protagonist look completely individual from the monsters he's fighting, completely opposite of the monsters he's fighting. And so they went on that design track and, uh, started drafting concepts for, uh, a humanoid alien creature. And, uh, some of them looked kind of like some of the alien bad guys from Ultraman, but they eventually developed it. They said, come on, we want them to more look more space age, more, uh, heroic. Uh, you know, Tol Narita, the designer, uh, decided on uh, trying to combine, uh, ethics from, uh, uh, Japanese, uh, Buddhist designs to get this face of like tranquility. To be the hypothesis of Cosmos from the Greek tradition, the network said, oh, that's great. Can we have the guy be silver like a rocket representing the space age? And then Narita thought that was kind of too plain just to have this silver. Like basically it would have been the silver surfer, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly.
2: Yeah. you know.
5: But Narita was thinking that he should uh, add some other design patterns. And he had already done that in some of his previous designs for the more alien-ish looking uh characters for uh of this this protagonist designs and he said well you know why don't i add these red lines like the canals on mars really and that's and that's where the red stripes came from wow that's
4: fantastic
5: again these guys were thinking you know they were not only thinking outside the box but they were being very creative not just like oh yeah okay here where's my check you know yeah they they kept developing the show Went through a lot of name changes and, uh, you know, they had placeholders when they were, they came up with Ultraman you know, because the network wanted to con- continue to use the title Ultra in the series. So it would be a bridge between like Ultra Q and you would have Ultraman. And, uh, while, uh, that was in copyright pending, Superaya was actively writing the show under the title Red Man just to have like a placeholder title oh, and okay. one that if, if any of the documents leaked out of Superaya. Because they would go to the network and, you know, somebody else might see it and then steal the name of yeah. Ultraman. So they had that, you know, they were using Redman as a temporary placeholder and they developed a show even further from that. And the character, even from that, like Ultraman was originally supposed to spit something out of his mouth as a weapon. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, the concept was a lot of people go, well, what does that deal with that first Ultraman face? That's like really kind of pockmarked and, and, and rubbery. And that was, they were, again, forward thinking about something that they really, at the time, were a little bit out of their depth in in producing. I don't think anybody really could have done something better than what they had done at that point for what they were attempting. Was Ultraman's face was supposed to move. And his mouth was supposed to move. So when Ultraman would talk, his mouth would move. So it was a latex mask. Oh, okay. But it, it didn't register on film. They just didn't have, they couldn't be able to apply it properly. Like as they, you know, Hollywood would do, you know, around the same time with like Planet of the Apes where, you know, the appliances all had to be glued on. And with the amount of production and how fast the production was moving, they really couldn't do that. They thought if they just, you know, had the mask, maybe the actor inside could, you know, move the jaw in a way. And and some shots in those first 13 episodes of Ultraman where you they use that latex mask, you can see from shot to shot the mouth is in a different position kind of if you really look. You'll know, really you'll really notice it. But it didn't register on film the way they wanted it to work. So they said, well, we've already got this suit made. We got to just shoot the show. And that's why they made a decision to change to a static mask after they wrapped up that first 13 episodes, because the Japanese would shoot television in terms of 13 blocks. So they said, we'll just run this 13 blocks with, with this mask and then we'll, we'll work on something else for the next and they decided to go with the static mask. And so Ultraman in that first iteration was supposed to spit out what was called in the, uh, in the production Bible as silver iodine. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I blind you monster. <laughs> you know, I spit in your eye, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was like, man, if you had, if that actually worked, meaning that if they could have technically have done that, yeah. what would that look like to people? Like in people in Japan might have went, well, that's, interesting yeah he just spit a loogie on that monster <laughs> totally right <laughs> you know what did what what do you mean he spit an acid or whatever out of his mouth It was just like such an uh, an outside concept you know uh it's kind of better that it didn't it didn't happen personally I will but agree. Uh, Yes. you know uh and then they went to the static mask which also then went in, ahead and reinforced narita's original idea of basing it on like buddhist statuary so um Uh, It kind of worked out in a long way around the whole concept of like uh, a human host transforming into the character that came from that first iteration of Bemlar, where Hayata was originally going to turn into Gappa. uh, Yeah.
4: (laughs) Uh, Hey, you know, speaking of designs, I heard that originally Ultraman did not have his color timer.
5: Yeah. Yeah. There was no warning light in uh, Narita's design when they finalized the look of Ultraman. And uh, when they did the maquette, there was no color timer on it. There was no warning light, as we called it in the English version. But what happened was, Tsuburaya uh, Productions, the writers, Tetsuo Kinjo, who was the main writer and the guy who really came up with all the concepts for Ultraman, you know, they felt that there wasn't any drama because Ultraman was going to be this, you know, uh, overwhelming, super strong guy from outer space who fights monsters and beats them up but there wasn't any achilles heel for him there was no weakness superman has kryptonite but there was no kryptonite for ultraman and they thought that maybe the audience would start getting bored if there was no weakness for this character where the you know the audience would you know kind of rally come on ultraman you can get him so they came up with uh, the idea of boxing matches boxing matches the rounds are three minutes apiece. oh i always wondered why it's such a short amount of time interesting right yeah they decided well that's a good amount of time and it's almost real time in the episode so you know it's like that'll work originally the color timer was going to be like a traffic light because it would go amber okay it would go from blue to amber to red so it's like he's getting weak <laughs> here's yes. the warning the first <laughs> warning is amber And then it's going to start flashing red. It's like, you better wrap this up, buddy. Um, And so they came up with that great thing with, you know, with kids that, you know, Ultraman's power is running out, you know. And I think that was really kind of this last minute addition that really became a signature part of the show for audiences around the world. Like everybody is like, oh, man, the warning light.
4: (laughs) And then it continues on to this day in modern Ultraman. August, thank you so much for joining us for this very special look at the Ultraman series and telling us how Ultraman came about, really. Thank if, you. If you want to learn more about the origins of Ultraman and, of course, Ultra Q, the show we talked about last month, you definitely have to check out A.G. Tsuburaya, Master of Monsters, August's book that is available through Chronicle Books. I scratched the surface of this stuff in this coverage, so absolutely, if you really want to learn about this stuff... August's book is the best English language
5: source. Thank you. And you know, there's a lot more stuff that I didn't even really scratch the surface of in the book. There was stuff that they said, (laughs) we can't, no more. Yeah, no more. (laughs) Too many words. Yeah. yeah. Write write a book on Ultraman. Get out of here, kid.
4: So August, where can people find you online? I'll of course have links in the show notes to your Twitter and uh,
5: maybe Facebook too. Then yes, blog. I'm on both of those. Uh, the the Twitter and the Facha book. <laughs> and uh, I also have a blog, which is currently under stasis, meaning that I don't have enough time <laughs> to work on it. But there are a lot of really great archived articles on that. It's the good, the bad and Godzilla at augustregoni.blogspot.com. Hopefully, I'll get around to revising and relaunching that uh, that blog. But you can look at all the great articles because it's got about 10 years of articles on there. So you might want to check it out. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much
4: again. And we will go recharge our color timer right now. Charge up your beta capsules.
5: Ultraman will be back.
4: The solar energy which gives Ultraman his superhuman power decreases rapidly in Earth's atmosphere. The timer starts to blink. If it stops completely, it will mean that Ultraman has exhausted his power, and he will never rise again. Now, the very first Ultraman series from 1966 has 39 episodes. And like Ultra Q, there's just too many to cover, and it deserves so much more of a deep dive than what we're giving it. But we wanted to do something special for Ultraman. We wanted to cover our favorite episodes, but not necessarily our favorite episodes. What we decided to do is choose by the monster. We did something similar in Ultra Q, but I think we had all really seen those already. So this time what I suggested is look at all the monsters in Ultraman and pick the two most interesting ones, and we'll watch the episodes off of that. Because of that, we watched a total of seven episodes because two of those monsters episodes overlapped. And so, in this episode, we will be covering Defeat the Invaders, aka Shoot the Invaders, aka Shinrakyu Sha Wo Ute. That is the first episode with Balton. We will be covering the Lawless Monster Zone, or Kaiju Muho Chitai. That is, of course, the first episode with Pigmon. Rachel is going to be joining us for this. We'll be touching on episode 11, The Rascal from Outer Space, or The Ruffian from Outer Space. That is the Gyango episode. I'm going to try and say it in Japanese. Uchu Karakita Abarenbo. That's one of those silly ones that I like. Like we covered some of them in Ultra Q, like uh, Kanegan's Cocoon. Episode 13 Oil SOS, or literally in Japanese, Oiru SOS, the Pesser episode. What a cool monster. We'll be following that up by diving into. Ningin Hyo Hon Gonoroku. The human specimen 5 and 6, which is episode 28. Because Dada. After Dada, we'll be looking at the Monster Graveyard, episode 35, or Kaiju Hakaba. And if you didn't know this, the Kaiju Bar in Tokyo, Kaiju Sakaba, is a play on words off of Kaiju Hakaba, Monster Graveyard. Anyway, that episode is directed by Akio Jisoji. He's the director that has a really keen eye for lighting and angles and cinematography. Great stuff from him. And that episode has the kaiju Sibos in it. And we'll be closing things out with episode 37, The Little Hero, which is not only the return of Pigmon, but also the introduction of Geronimon. The episodes that we are covering are directed by Toshihiro Ijima, Hajime Tsuburaya, Mitsudo Kazuo, Samaji Nonagase, Nagase, Akiyo Jisoji, and Kazuho Mitsuda. Just like Ultra Q, the music was done by Kunio Miyauchi. We talked about him quite a bit on the last episode. Let's talk about the regular cast of characters in Ultraman. The story revolves around the SSSP the Science Special Search Party, or if you're familiar with the English version, the Science Patrol, and their missions to save the world from beasts and aliens who would do us harm with the help of their high-tech vehicles and weapons. And of course, with the help of Ultraman. The team is led by Toshio Kap Muramatsu, who is played by Akiji Kobayashi. Kobayashi does not actually appear to have a giant filmography before joining Tsuburaya's Science Patrol, but after this... He would go on to play Tobe Tachibana in the Common Writer series, Hitoshi Suzuki in Daegoro vs. Goliath. He has a role in Ultra Q, The Legend of the Stars, and one of his last roles was actually a cameo in Gamera 2, Advent of Legion, because he died shortly after in 1996. We talked about her in the last episode. Hiroko Sakurai is back from her role as Yuriko in Ultra Q, but with a different character, Akiko Fuji the team's communication officer. Fuji gets to shine sometimes in this series, but this character isn't as fun as the brazen Yuriko. Fuji tends to get stuck at the base, where she makes coffee for everyone a lot, and sometimes quite badly. The team's sharpshooter and tough guy is Arashi, played by Sandaku Dokumamoshi. I'll be honest, this guy's name never sticks in my head. He's like the cast member I can never remember. The Japanese Wikipedia page actually says that he was in Ishiro Honda's The Blue Pearl in 1951. Hopefully that's confirmed, but uh, he also shows up in Ultra Q, Legend of the Stars later on, and some other Ultra movies. I haven't watched the film yet, but apparently he shows up in Daikaiju Mono, which is a semi-indie kaiju film from the same guy that directed Monster X Strikes Back, Attack the G8 Summit. Most importantly, though, Arashi comes back in the follow-up series, Ultra 7, but while the character has all the same hallmarks, his name is different, Shigeru Furuhashi. Playing the team's comic relief and the team's weapons expert and inventor, Masanari Nihei plays Mitsuhiro Ide, or if you're more familiar with the English dub, Ito. Nihei was part of Toho's New Face program in 1960, and played characters in like 20-plus movies, ranging in screen time and depth. He was an infant islander in Mothra, and one of the space crew in Gorath. But if you look at his character names for his roles at Toho, it definitely reveals that he was not being given a spotlight. And thankfully, his work with Tsuburaya seems to have paid off a little bit. I mean, beginning with Ultra Q, he was definitely the highlight in at least two of his three episodes, and that includes being one of the gangsters in Grow Turtle here in Ultraman, and one of the pilots for Mighty Jack. And apparently he was also in Kaiju Busca, which at some point we need to talk about because that show sounds amazing and I don't have it. So if somebody knows where to get Kaiju Busca, hit me up. I probably just need to do a Google search. Nihei would leave Toho in 1969 and actively perform in both television and movies until about the mid-1990s. He's still around and kicking, and I've actually seen images of him in Tokyo while I've been visiting recently. Chief Shin Hayata is played by Susumu Kurobe, who is a character actor from the Toho Pool. You can actually see him in films like Ghidra, the Three-Headed Monster, as one of the mustachioed bad guys. I will always say mustachioed for that role. And uh, also in Destroy All Monsters, as one of the UNSC scientists that's under control of the Kilax. Kurobe's performances are the human side of that character, Hayata, but Hayata was almost killed in episode one by an outer space alien cop from M78 named Ultraman. And so Ultraman saves Hayata, giving him the ability to turn into Ultraman and fight these kaiju. Ultraman, however, is not played by Susumu Kurobe. He is played by actor Satoshi Bin Furuya. And if you have not heard the interview that I did with Furuya-san, please go check out episode 223, which was recorded at Japan World Heroes in 2017. Furuya is awesome. Uh, he was hired due to his height and his build. He was already playing aliens and weird monsters for Tsuburaya in Ultra Q. That's right. He's the Kemmer Sajin and Ragone from the prior series. He will actually be back in Ultra 7 as a Magi, one of the Ultra Garrison. And that is amazing because he is no longer wearing a kaiju mask or face or something over his face. I also love how you see Akihiko Harada, the actor from Godzilla who played Dr. Sarazawa. He is regularly on this show as one of their cohorts. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I am ready to dive into some Ultraman. So why don't we throw a little music your way? and play Go, 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 Ultraman by Kunio Miyauchi, and then we will assemble the co-hosts for the discussion.
2: you care, <laughs> so Oh
4: Joining me here in the studio, I have Dave Helfrey. How you doing? Charles Babbage. Hello. And Rachel Cook. Hey there. And we just finished watching some hand-picked, cherry-picked episodes of the original 1966 Ultraman and thought we'd talk about those episodes. Uh, before we dive deep into the episodes themselves, I think, I think I know the answers here, but one by one, how familiar are you with Ultraman Uh this is for the listeners, you know, sure. how familiar are you with Ultraman? And, uh, let's hear your initial thoughts of just your own recapping the series that we did before this recording, Dave.
3: Um, I was very, uh, familiar with Ultraman cause it was on the, uh, the, it was on TV when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I saw all of the, um, uh, all of the original Ultraman episodes when they were broadcast, uh, uh, dubbed, not like we, 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 uh, we just finished watching the Japanese language ones, but the ones, you know, of course, the dubbed ones were on, I don't remember, it was KTLA or something back in Los Angeles in the uh, early seventies. And, um, so I mean, it was, it was part of, uh, definitely part of me getting into kaiju and everything was, mm-hmm. was seeing this show which was unlike any show that was being produced in the United States at the time. So, uh super fun. Lots of monsters. Loved it.
4: So, as a kid, were you also going to see the Ultraman, uh, sorry, as a kid were you also going to see all the Godzilla movies in the theater too? No. Or I didn't didn't I'd pass d- I don't that. Yeah,
3: this is I think this is before then. I mean, I think the first maybe the first what it was something after smog monster was the first one I saw in the theater. Okay. You know, but, um, uh, you know, so this was, this was way earlier than that.
4: Yeah. I'm just trying to place it generally speaking, but, uh, and then, so after your recapping of the episodes that we were sort of choosing for this particular Kaiju cast Uh episode, any, revelations or thoughts on the, uh, on the series overall.
3: Yeah. It's like, one is that I was really easily impressed when I was a kid. That is, that is obvious because it just like, there's just, you can just so see so much spit and glue and wires in this, you know, in this show. And like, we were talking about, um, you like the, uh, uh, the Dada episode, mm-hmm. you know, like, like how it looks like his helmet's made out of paper mache or something like that. Now everything is so slick and clean. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it seems to me that production values, uh, from four generations ago have improved way more than just four generations worth of improvement. I mean, there's yeah. beautiful stuff being made now. And, but, you know, but on the other hand, this stuff, you know, this stuff was pretty low budget and they had to come up with a different monster every week. And so, you know, give them credit for what they did. Yeah.
4: There are concessions it, you have to give Tsubaraya. Yeah,
3: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I think we'll actually be talking about some of those, uh, concessions when we get to the Geronimon episode. Um, but, um, uh, but, but yeah, that was, that was kind of, yeah, I look back now and I was, it's, it's funny. Yeah, you know, like how you know how goofy some of these things are. Um, That I was just fascinated by as a as a kid. But I think that's that's part of the the love of it is you know re, you know growing up with them and you know being able to appreciate them for what they were historically. Uh, totally. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, Charles, how about you, man?
1: <laughs> okay, so I had absolutely minimal exposure to Ultraman. Until this week, and <laughs> uh, and, and I shouldn't. Snoop. I mean, I, I yes, exactly, and, and proud of it because uh, it's been awesome. Actually, uh, I I mean, I watched. Uh, I remember watching segments, little bits of Ultraman during the eighties, like uh, USA Night Flight. Okay, yeah, okay. There, there mm-hmm. was Ultraman stuff that would be on there, and and I just remember watching that. And, but I never really put together a big picture of what it was right, as right, a as yeah, show yeah. in, in whole. But, uh, and then there was a couple of random episodes of newer Ultraman things that I've caught, but like at the Hollywood Theater, at the Hollywood yep. Theater, and none of it made any sense to me. Uh, but then, <laughs> and then this week, you know, we talked about doing this. And so I cr- this week I crammed and I watched. Uh, I don't know how many episodes now, but about a third of the, the first season. Nice. Plus all these episodes we're talking about. And mm-hmm. so I, I am going to be the one that doesn't remember any names and, and they're all, <laughs> a, okay. they're all a blur in my mushy brain at the moment. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's been a lot of fun. The, uh, I, well, I mean, Dave mentions the you know the this the spit and wire holding everything together. I was kind of surprised watching it that it's like, oh man, even on my thirteen inch black and white TV when I was a kid, this stuff would have stood out as like, oh, that could have used some work. But uh,
2: <laughs> but uh,
1: uh, it's still, I don't know, it's still charming and fun, and um, mm-hmm. and the monster designs are a lot of fun, and Ultraman is a lot of fun, and I have no idea the bigger context and a lot of this, like I'm still wondering about some backstory on Ultraman as an alien and where he comes from. Do they even Oh, get into yeah, they do? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe okay. oh, so, do they so, get into oh, it? so Yeah. Much. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm still clueless to a lot of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm the newbie, but yeah. uh, you've got like
4: 50 <laughs> some years. Yeah. Like, yeah. 53 years, uh, I think yeah. of history oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't need a new hobby, but we'll see what
2: happens.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a reason that the Kaiju cast is not diving too much into the Ultraman stuff. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. And really it deserves, it deserves its own podcast and it mm-hmm. deserves multiple podcasts going yeah. into the different layers of Ultraman, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Anyway. Uh, and then so after all of this, you know, initial exposure that you're getting, What are your thoughts on just Ultraman as the, as a, as a pop culture entity?
1: I, well, I, I I think there's no question that, you know, of its influence, but to me, right this second, uh, uh, I think it's just, it's filling in some blanks in Mm. my, my own absorption of pop culture. I mean, I've always been aware. I'm not clueless. I've been aware of Ultraman. Right. And, and it's this thing over here. And I know the imagery of Ultraman. But now what it means is starting to fill in the blanks and, and, uh, I, I totally get why people enjoy it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know.
4: So that's kind of cool. Like you are in a position that like Martin was in when we started this podcast, really. Like, oh, sure. really Martin had not really seen many Godzilla movies, you know, <laughs> and so. We called it, like, the Great Experiment. So now you have to find an Ultraman podcast (laughs) to get on. So So all all the listeners send me an email and let me know know some good ones. I know, baby. Oh, so Rachel, I know everybody who listens to the show knows Mm -hmm. that you are familiar with Ultraman, especially the episodes you chose for tonight because of the pygmy monster.
0: That's right. Um, Yes. A huge lover of Ultraman. Ultraman, really, I would say I'm actually a bigger fan of Ultraman than Godzilla. Um, uh, but I have a huge special place in my heart for Godzilla, of course. But, um, but I, Ultraman really, for me, I mean, I guess you could say that my first introduction to Kaiju was Power Rangers. And I know I've mentioned that before. Um, as a kid, I really fell in love with giant monsters there, but, but Ultraman was kind of my reintroduction to Kaiju. I, um, it, it was when Brian and I first started living together, he was, we saw Ultraman at Walmart and he said, oh my gosh, I think you would love this. Let's, let's buy this, these DVDs. And I said, okay, Sure. And we, (laughs) um, we bought it and I just went nuts for it. I wanted to watch everything just back to back to back. And that was, um, uh, like 2005, 2006. Um, so, you know, it's not that I like got into it when I was younger, but since then I've, I've loved it the whole, the whole time. Um, and I have trouble with the new ones. I, I like the new ones the pieces that I've seen, but I've never gone deep enough to want to just sit there and watch through a series. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of Kyle and I were talking about earlier when we were watching this that, you know, I've watched pieces of it, but, um, like an episode here and there of different new series. I've seen some movies that I've connected with, but, um, for the most part, I just always go back to the original. I just, I yeah. love Pig. That I 1966 series. I for love sure. the yeah. science bulge. There's Patrol. too much. I d- just love them. There's too
3: much emphasis on the crap you can buy in the toy stores on the, yes, in the, on the new ones. shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. it's way too much. It's just, it way feels
0: like much. Pokemon to me. It's, it's like, but here's yeah. the toy, you know, yeah. got to catch them all. Like, buy this toy. Here's yeah. it. And then there's the ones with the cards, the like trading cards. Yeah. Kind oh, of yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I can't. All
4: of the new series, the new know. series all have merchandise a trip. merchandise tie in. Yeah. Right. It so it feels, yeah. It, it, yeah, it feels it's way sell out y. Yeah. Too ham fisted.
0: Yeah. And, th- you know and then there's aspects of it too that I feel very final wars like i just kind of mm. the way the characters are like so the, oh, the oh, way the, the science shows. patrol yeah, acts yeah, yeah. So yeah the new shows or, oh, like, oh, like over like, the top it's cool like, science like, yeah right, exactly right. like the anime hair and just <laughs> the you know, anime i'm like hair. let's Not go yet. back to you yeah. know just good old fuji and hayata but um <laughs> but yeah i i um i I've been a big fan of Ultraman, yeah, since I ever, f- since I first saw it.
4: Nice,
3: but, yeah. nice. Uh, so-, so now I'm kind of curious because, like, like, especially with what uh, Charlie was talking about. So, if this is the first time you've been introduced to Ultraman, you haven't seen Spectraman or Mirror Man or Space Giants or any of that? Nope. Uh- Oh man, there is a world waiting yeah, for you, bro. TV is a monster
4: world for sp- how yeah. weird is
3: space Giants?
4: Oh <laughs> Weirdly amazing. Oh I mean, God. I love it.
3: He's a robot with hair. Yeah. Why does the robot <laughs> have nice. hair?
4: And it's he turns like into a rocket.
3: And he turns into a rocket.
4: I know it's so good. But this, this is not like, the Space Giants episode. No, we have to do
3: it. Even though, even
4: though Space one, Giants actually <laughs> came out before Ultraman. <laughs> we got, it did. Yes. Oh, I didn't know Technically that. Technically speaking, no, Space Giants Look came out in today. between Ultra Q and Ultraman.
3: Look huh. what I learned today. Wow.
4: That's, but still, 1966.
1: Dude, we gotta oh, do a Space Giants episode. It would be fun. We. Oh I mean, I'm not against it. Weird. At, just out of curiosity, is it produced by Super Also, is no, no. Uh, Toei. Toei? Toei is okay. another studio. So,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, But I, I really hope I'm right about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, not, we'll so, uh, but yeah,
2: so
4: but yes, so it came out the same year as Ultraman. And Ultraman, of course, is what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I watched Space Giants to continue the segue. As a kid, I really? saw Space Giants. Oh, as a Santa? kid, yeah. I saw Spectraman. As a kid, I never saw Ultraman.
3: That's you know the, I'm exactly the opposite.
4: So in in my life my originating tokusatsu was Spectre Man. and before I knew what kaiju were you know before right. I knew what tokusatsu was okay uh as like first grade i remember i, just, I actually just posted in the uh kaiju core x plus is doing a figure from uh Spectre Man of a monster called Nezubirdon, a two-headed rat bird monster <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and i remember very clearly as a six-year-old kid, my very first day of first grade, we got to draw. And I'm sitting there drawing Nezu bird Oh, that's so good. And this kid turns to me and he goes, oh, is that because I'm using a black crayon, right? Yeah. the kid turns to me and goes, oh, did you want that to be really black? And I was like, yeah. And so he teaches me the method of just pushing down really hard with the crayon so that <laughs> it applies so much wax right. to the paper that it just completely covers it. And I was like, oh, it's so dark. Oh, <laughs> anyway, good. sidebar sidebar. Good stuff. So I didn't grow up with Ultraman. In fact, the very first introduction I ever had to Ultraman at all was when I saw it, I think at G Fest. Uh, I saw in 1999, I went to wow. G Fest and I saw some Ultraman on the TV show on the TV's channel. Sorry. They have an in-house channel at G Fest. And uh I was not impressed. And the, you know, that's No, I remember. Yeah, you,
3: you you used to like I used to talk about Ultra Kaiju and everything, and you would just kind of go, whatever. Yeah, you know, I <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, I remember.
4: And mm. and even so and after 1999, I met August Ragoni and we were working on um Henshin Online together. And one year I went down to San Francisco and was hanging out with him, and he showed me my very first introduction, the first episode, uh of Ultra Q. And then he followed that up with showing me the Dada episode of Ultraman. He there you was go. in 1999 or 2000. That was when I was first introduced to Ultraman. Oh, mm. so
3: that's why you chose the Dada episode.
4: That is why I chose oh, see, the Dada that's episode. That's so nice. I also nice. chose the Dada episode because everything crazy. else, crazy uh, we had two aliens and really Ultraman is about the heroes and the villains and the villains are always aliens or Kaiju. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I figured let's, uh, my dog is dreaming. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's what's going on anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Ultraman. Yeah. So the, the villains are always here. They're, the villains are always aliens or kaiju. And sure. I figured it's, uh, let's Mix drop it a little yeah. more alien nice. in there. But yeah, I mean, I, and even after watching those episodes, I understood, you know, August told me flat out, like they were on a budget because yeah. they had to make it last and they had to do a monster every week and they, they were, making these episodes. I mean, the, they actually cranked out these episodes really fast. They didn't have the luxury of a long production time. Like they had for ultra Q. They had like an entire year and a right. year plus
3: costumes over so
2: much.
4: Yeah. It took me a long time to really appreciate that. And I don't remember what it was, but I would actually think that I would actually say that I think lady Kyle Seeing Ultraman monsters and mm-hmm. sort of falling in love with them gave me a little more appreciation for the ultra monsters too. And Very then nice. I was like, you know what? I need to watch this series. <laughs> and that's what did it for me. Sure. Once I got into like the third episode, I was hooked. I mean, yeah. I love the science patrol. And it's so mm-hmm. deep. I love the design. Yeah. I love everything about it. And I, I love how it's really entertaining on the surface. And like right. you just said, it's deep. I mean, there's a lot there's of layers so to go much, through. Superman. So much to so much mythology, yeah. That's where I'm at. And after doing the research uh that we've done, which for me was like a lot of times watching the first... uh For me, a lot of it was watching the subtitled version for the first time ever compared to the dub, you know, which is what I... I don't want to say I grew up on it because I definitely didn't watch it when I was a kid, but that's what I started watching. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It's got that sort of we uh-huh. talked about it earlier mm-hmm. it's like a warm blanket feeling yeah. that deep voice yeah. in your ear <laughs> talking like about it. what's <laughs> happening on Ultrabad. yeah anyway so let's go ahead and start with our first episode that we're going to cover episode two defeat the invaders the science patrol goes back into action when an invisible ufo anchors itself over the scientific technical center in tokyo the UFO's inhabitants are the clawed, insect-like aliens from the planet Balton. Able to divide into multiple copies as well as possess certain human hosts, the Bolton's plot to take over the Earth and enslave all humanity until Ultraman comes to the rescue. Meanwhile, Science Patrol member Ede tells us why he got a black eye in the beginning of the episode. So we're doing this episode because Charles chose Bolton. As one of the two monsters. So good. And, yeah. and it's great that you did, because this is the introduction to Balton. Yeah. And really, I
1: mean, what an introduction. I, and the episode is chosen purely by monster design, character design. You sent me a list of monsters, a little video that showed just an image right. of yeah, every, yeah. every monster <laughs> from the series. And I just went through and... All right, check that one. Check that one. Just, I just found ones. All right, let's watch the episodes that have these monsters in because I just like the design. And so, number one, the design's awesome. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very it's cool. It, it's, it's pulling from so many design. different elements. Uh, I love but, his Peter Pan shoes.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Balton design. Yeah. But, oh, it's so yeah, good, it's so good. And we were talking earlier about how I didn't really, and when I first started noticing Ultraman, I wasn't into the alien with the way they were doing aliens. Right. I don't know. I was young and stupid, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, Valton has really grown on me. All of the aliens have, but Valton has a special. Well, he like, is. Yeah, he holds a special place. He's also the. If you didn't know this, he's the manager at kaiju sakaba in kawasaki and uh in oh. tokyo yeah nice. does he serve
0: <laughs> Baltan clasants
4: uh no he does not oh, okay. there's all Class. sorts of oh. other things that you would appreciate at the <laughs> kaiju sure. sakaba like uh, yes. rice pilaf served in a dish that is like Baltan's claws Oh, oh. oh good. Uh, good stuff yeah. there anyway i oh, digress dinner uh, time. Yeah. yeah the design of balton is is now it's classic Yes, classic so many yeah. of the designs from this
1: series go on to just oh, sure have such a longevity it's a, mm-hmm. quite amazing well and and it's it just all starts with a really good idea you were just showing this book before we started that had a design concept illustrations and it's there in that design illustration and their limitations with budgets uh they were able to get close you know yeah. to the illustration mm-hmm. and uh it's it's I I think it's just, it's all right there at the beginning. And, and the designs, you know, for all these characters, you were thumbing through that, those illustrations. It's, it's good ideas. And even if they're not a hundred percent executed perfectly, uh, you know, I, you can spot the good ideas and those, those are what last, you know, Yeah. even with, with the weaknesses and, you know, whatever limited budgets for fabrication.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Earlier, what uh, somebody said something like, nobody else was doing this at the time. The, the Ultraman stuff. And I think that really is one of the hallmarks of why this series became so po- popular. Oh, sure. Visually speaking. Mm-hmm. It's just like, who else is going to have those crazy kaiju? And like, I mean, even if you think about Space Giants, the very first few episodes of Space Giants, the monsters are a little boring. Oh,
3: they're weak.
4: And then later on in the series. See,
3: I thought this, like the uh, uh, Spectrum Man, I thought. uh or, is it, or am I thinking of Mirror Man?
4: One of the two. Spectreman S- came out later, like yeah, seventy one.
3: Like the same, the, yeah. There, there was that. They, they weren't, they weren't in the same league. Yeah, they weren't in mm-hmm. Ball League.
4: Yeah, you know. And I that's, mean, that's really, second episode. Really, nobody was in Subarai's league. I he's mean, Subarai. Yeah. Yeah. This is the guy who made yeah. the effects for the Godzilla sure. movies. Literally deciding, you know what? I'm going to start my own company, and <laughs> he did, and it was successful. Oh yeah, and he's uh, coming off the success of Ultra Q with Ultraman. And I mean, if everybody thought, Oh my God, Ultra Q is so huge. Ultraman would go on to surpass the, the fame of Ultra Q for decades and decades, 50 plus years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, let's
1: talk about a little bit about the episode. What are some of your favorite parts of this episode, Charles? Oh boy. All right. And so now I've te- I've officially watched it twice in two days because I, I tried to cram for all these before it came in today. <laughs> Excellent. And, and then we, and then we boned up on a couple more. I like your gumption. Yeah. And, uh, and so, <laughs> like I said, things are going to get a little blurry for me here. So uh, hopefully I'm remembering the right episode. It's all good. Uh, but in, but in this episode, uh, one thing that caught me off guard. And I don't know if this I, I shouldn't say this is a thing that I like necessarily, but it caught me off guard is the breaking of the fourth wall when the, the characters are talking right to the camera. I was like, i this is the literally the second episode of the show I've watched. I'm like, all right, is this how it is all the time? Yeah. You know, right. And yeah. you guys, of course, have informed me that no, that goes away pretty quick. Um But uh uh as we were talking about while we were watching it, the the in-camera effects stuff was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with Baltan. Uh, uh, you know, duplicating himself. Uh, oh, and, I love and, the split. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, the, when he gets, when they get frozen with, and, and it's just a green light that comes on, but it's really effective. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, immediately tells you what's going on. Um, yeah. and it looks cool. Hands down, and, that is my favorite thing about this episode. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, but the overall premise, uh, is, uh, I, I mean, it's, in, it's, it's Independence Day. I mean, they're coming down to, uh, Bring their population and take over the planet, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or War of the Worlds, or whatever you yeah. want to say. The yeah. a- classic the alien, alien invasion, invasion story. story, alien yeah. invasion movie yeah. here. And and so that classic it's a classic story that works. And at, you know, I don't know if I want to get to the end yet. I think we'll we'll let everybody kind of have their thing. But Sounds I was good. I was surprised by the end. Nice, you know? nice. So,
2: <laughs> quite
4: honestly, uh, Rachel, what about you? How do you like the Bolton episode?
0: I. Like you said, like we've all kind of said, I love the character design. It's so great. I mean, we got to talk about the, you know, his kind of laugh that he does is so oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so like, creepy. He just has, yeah. Like it's th- what I dig about it is that it's both comedy and kind of creepy and weird and kind of Twilight Zone feeling. Um, but it's just, but it's comical. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I love a good comedy horror kind of mm. angle. But I love um, how that yeah.
4: it sort of starts out with comedy and then it's almost like someone has two dials,
1: comedy and yep. terror, <laughs> and they yeah. just sort of like crossfade them together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, which it
0: works really well. <laughs>
1: makes it very confusing for somebody that again hasn't seen yeah. this <laughs> the 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 show before. Yeah, so I was point. like, is this
0: how they all are? Like, what but
1: is you did going this on? you did the same
4: thing that uh kids would have done in nineteen sixty six because you said you started with the very first one, right? Yes, yeah, I did. And then you watched the second one. Yes. So you're just in the same boat as all those yeah. sixty six kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, that's I'd say for me that that's my you know, the part that I like the most about it is just kind of the the, the genres that they went with. Nice. But um, yeah, the, the, the design.
4: Yes. And Mr. Helfree, I know that you're a big fan of Baltan. No,
3: actually, I'm a huge Baltan fan. As a matter of fact, when Charlie said, I want to do the Baltan episode, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like I, but I, I like some of the other ones too. So yeah, that's good. Um, no, love like, love Baltan. Always love Baltan. Always had was real, that the, the laugh was so haunting.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, I I love how he basically became, you know, the you know the the Lex Luthor to Ultraman he Superman. He did he's yeah. totally. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. And um, and I the you know the character design. I love the. But even when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was like, I was confused by the characters, and now I just appreciate it for how out there it is, and mm-hmm. it's you know great. When I was a kid, I was like. How does he eat?
0: <laughs> or like, or like wipe
3: himself or something? It's like, he's got these giant claw hands. How is he not falling forward
4: all the time? Yeah. You know, and I, just, yeah, even the X plus figure n- toppled yeah, over. Exactly. Earlier in exactly. So you heavy. know, and <laughs> so,
3: and, but then, and then I would watch, I remember watching this and then some of the other episodes like the Zeton episode mm-hmm. or the Dada episode mm-hmm. or the, you know, just et cetera. All these alien races can all grow to be like, 200 feet tall. It's like, are we the only species in the universe that can't grow <laughs> to be suck. 200 feet yeah. tall? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Man, this sucks! <laughs> it's, it's like, no wonder the giant growing alien from another planet has to come here and protect Earth, because we can't grow to be 200 feet tall! And there's 2.3 <laughs> billion other Baltans on this thing. Who could all grow to be 200 feet tall? This sucks! This is, you know, yeah. we're, we're doomed! We're in trouble. So, I know. Yeah. So, that, I mean, <laughs> I digress a little but um you know just the just the weird and just how he just comes up with kind of like Ultraman also it seems that he never runs out of superpowers
4: oh you know, the ball he yeah the got he's got a freeze
3: ray that comes out of his claws and he's got those missiles that come out of his claws and he can multiply himself and <laughs> actually, one part of the thing it appears he can come back from the dead <laughs> You know, it's like, and and he can grow to be 200 feet tall. Or shrink
4: to the size of bacteria. And he can fly.
3: And he can do, it's just like, there's just one after another after another. It's like, oh my God, this guy is unstoppable. Except he's not because Ultraman's even better. Let's hear it for Ultraman. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Something that
0: talking about the different weapons and stuff, something that I always remember when I think about Ultraman and Baltan together is like when Ultraman has that like, circular saw kind of like beam yeah. that he fires at him and it splits him in half splits Baltan in half it's so great. Is that in this? When episode? was that? So, when was that? Is that a different episode? That, that might have a been different in the, episode. Second might be in episode, the second. That might be an episode. But it is definitely one
4: of Ultraman's powers. But that's
0: something that like I always think of when I think of both Ultraman uh, and Baltan together is yeah. like him being just cut right in half. It's like
4: <laughs> he's got a nice so bisect great. line right yeah. down yeah. the side. He does. He's,
0: yeah.
3: a, he's, a, he's got symmetry.
4: Just follow it's the good dots. Stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally.
4: Uh, yeah. The well, and Balton does come back in this first series. So yeah. You know when when Charles said Balton, I mean, I didn't really hesitate. That I loved the first episode with Balton. The second one's good too, but the second one's like more chaotic, mm-hmm. maybe more terrifying, is because there's all these little Baltons flying around and it's, it's
3: It's a different. No, I, no, I didn't, I haven't, didn't review that one. But it's a different Balton design, isn't? it? not it? Slightly yes, different? it's way yeah. more
4: pointy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like, I love that
3: there is the head ver- is more pointy. The, well, there's variety. Say. Yeah, in their species. Yeah, kind of like there's just like there's variety in the regulars music. I, yeah. I, I lo- yeah, I love the that attention to detail. It's from mm-hmm. the
4: other side of Baltania. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I I should say for the listeners, I just made that up. That is not necessarily. The <laughs> yeah, because what the he really is meant from. was Baltavania, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore. <laughs> I'm sure they keep going into it into the series <laughs> yeah. as the fifty years continue. Uh, I loved this episode when I saw it. And I think the reason I love it is because of those, uh, vignettes at the beginning of the episode and the, the end of the episode really showcasing the crew of the science patrol again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even though it's like jokey and hokey, there's camaraderie there. And you yeah. know, it really, it really connects me with those guys. And then as the episode continues to become a little more terrifying, It becomes more entertaining on that different level. And, uh, overall, like those are all great things about the episode. And since I already said that my favorite, favorite thing was how they did the in-camera special effects that like hands down, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't care that the guy is slightly moving, but the (laughs) fact that he's got the green light on him, that tells me, you know, I can suspend that disbelief. No problem. Uh, but. This was the first episode, and it's going to continue in the series, where there's some compassion shown Mm. towards the invading species. You know, there's a conference, and Cap is sitting around the table with those generals, and all the generals are like, nuke the aliens! Mm -hmm. And Cap's the only one that's like, can't we find out what they want, guys? You know, do we have to just immediately attack them? Mm -hmm. And you can see he's actually, you know, trying to figure out a way around the violence. And I, I think that's like one of the things that is an underlying message in this movie is like, how can you not just confront something and push it away? How can you work with it to try and work out your differences? Even though that doesn't work I, out. No, I was going to say, system. it doesn't <laughs> work out that way in the end. Not at all. It just, it's, you know, it's like, <laughs> I think what I like is the, let's not just read sure. knee jerk reaction our way into a war with an alien race. Yeah. You know, but, well, but
3: anyway, yeah, it is kind of ironic that they, he does that and then they they're talking to Bolton mm-hmm. sort of and he's like, so we got to give him a benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're not here to kill us. Hey, Bolton, what are you here for? Oh, we're here to kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. OK. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go with the Newcomb plan.
1: Then. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, everyone goes for the nuclear. option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where I was going with this. I was very surprised that I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait, the Ultraman just commit genocide. He just killed this entire <laughs> race, totally. entire race yeah. of aliens that was in the spaceship and blew them up. Not just yes. aliens,
3: refugees,
1: refugees. Oh, yeah. No. They really, if you think about it, that is correct. Uh, I forgot about that. You yeah.
3: Know, it's like, <laughs> this is the second episode. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is, this is defining who this guy is. He's yeah. like, oh, genocide.
0: Sure. Let's go.
4: Yep. Xenophobia from a <laughs> from an alien. No. Yeah. What is going
1: on here? Yeah.
0: Get dark. <laughs> Quick.
3: Just saying.
1: Anyway.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. Needless to say, I was surprised. Nice. I was yeah. like, all right. Nice. All right. Yeah. I, I like I like the way this uh show's going. All right. Let's cool. Look. Right on. So I, I'm just we all love
4: this episode. Do oh, we have sure. any other anything yeah. else you want to say about the Balton episode, defeat the invaders
1: before we move on? I'm glad to see they got rid of the uh, breaking fourth wall stuff. That kind of was driving me. It kind of drove me nuts a little bit in that episode, but
0: it's not necessary. Not necessary.
4: <laughs> not necessary. Yeah. They were yeah.
3: making it up as they were going along.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to episode eight: the Lawless Monster Zone.
0: Oh snap! Yeah.
4: Contact has been lost with a meteorological station on a distant Pacific island. When the science patrol investigates, they encounter a lone survivor, carnivorous plants, giant monsters. And a diminutive, friendly creature. Can it help them make their way off this island in one piece?
0: It's the only one that I can remember the name of the episode.
4: You mentioned that <laughs> earlier
0: that I you was, have trouble remembering track. their episode That I was like, names. we were, gonna, were going through our list of the ones we were going to watch today, and it was like Little Hero, and I was like, oh yeah, I haven't watched that one. An idiot, the other It's Pigmon the Pigmon on. episode.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of funny because you, yeah. obviously, we're going to choose Pigmon and right. Dave chose Geronimon, right? And then I'm like, oh, same episode, easy. yeah, yeah, you're serendipitous.
0: Um, obviously, it's the Pigmon episode, um, the first appearance of Pigmon or cute little friendly monster. Um, I can't say enough about how much i love this episode um i just <laughs> it, every aspect of I it is you so to look great. Past Although Shut i need say, i could say that i it, it's it's amazing to me that i still love this episode even though pigmon dies in it but he dies every episode he dies in all of them. He so they just a pig, like to kill pigmon, pigmon all the time yeah. <laughs> yeah which is maybe why i have so much sympathy for him who knows you know come Look to think they of kill it kill the little guy
4: in both of the garamon episodes in ultra cute all of the garamons killed. die too yeah, yeah. It's just a doomed design. just—it
0: yeah. is. It's just—it's—it's it's an easy way to get the audience to care about the little guy. Or hard, maybe they're like mayflies.
3: Maybe they only live for a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't
3: know. It's like an alien That's
0: thing. Funny. It's like you know. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. He lived a good life while well, he did. He saved some people. Really, they um, should
4: not have shot that balloon onto him because that just yeah. slowed him down right. and made it maybe. so he couldn't run away from that <laughs> rock.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really messed up his aeronautic design.
4: Yeah, his wind resistance his win <laughs> was just garbage after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so the... this Now, this episode is awesome because, for many reasons, one, introduction to Pigmon, as mm-hmm. we've already heard, uh, but you also get introduced to Red King. Yeah. You also get introduced to Chandlar, who is essentially Pegila from with Ultra Q with yeah. bunny ears on him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you also get introduced to Magular, which is one a, of the many
0: Baragons. one of the
4: many iterations <laughs> of the Paragon suit. I believe the final iteration of the Paragon suit before they took it all back off yeah. and uh, sent it to Toho and said, "Sure, you can use this for destroy all monsters." Once you put all the spikes <laughs>
0: you know? on there. Kind of maybe a pain to put them on take them off.
4: Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just Velcro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe Velcro they just designed spikes, huh? him to be versatile. Yeah. I don't hey, know.
0: Who knows? Yeah. Um, spikes are optional,
4: yeah, but lots um, of monsters. Lots also, the yeah, vampire plant, great. as we talked about, yes, that, what which was has the a Japanese it? name, Is it sunflan, yes, sunflan, sunflan, sunflan.
0: sunflan. Yeah.
4: or suflan. 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 suflan, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we all learned something new today, <laughs> yeah, and that was my that thing, name. yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, lot, lots
4: of monster action in this episode,
0: totally. yep, uh, and great, just. The science patrol working together. And it's so funny. And there's a really funny comment. And I can't remember exa- the exact quote by any means, um, but something that I had forgotten happens in it. Um, and upon rewatch, just um, yesterday when I was watching it again, uh, where right after Ito shoots Pigmon with the balloon tracker, he's right behind Hirashi, like as they're running to f- find Pigmon. And Ito says something about making fun of Hirashi saying like, saying like, if you weren't so fat, you could run faster. <laughs> like, something yeah. like that. There's just all these or little Arashi. lines that just them picking on Hirashi or just Ito always has great lines. But, and I always, by the way, I always call him Ito because I'm used to the American dub. Of course. So of course. That's, that's what I, am that's used acceptable to watching all in this room. But yeah. Okay. And actually for the first time today, I, I don't think I had watched any of the subtitled versions until today cuz i've always watched my dvds. Yeah. But yeah, and that's weird for me cuz i usually if there's an option i choose subtitled, but the dvds all you get is the dub, but um but yeah, good stuff. I I um I love all the little bits of this episode. So,
4: so what do you guys like about uh what did you guys like most about The Lawless Monster Zone?
3: Well, i mean, i always like the destroy all monsters model. The more monster mm-hmm. you got in an episode the mm-hmm. more i would like it. Yeah. Wow. And, um, what, what number episode was this?
4: This would be eight. episode eight.
3: Had we, again, talking about first in the season, had we seen a monster torn apart prior to this?
4: Cause Chandler,
3: oh. he's, uh, he gets jacked up. Red King jacks him up.
4: That's a lot of episodes for me to try
3: and cross. Yeah. I don't quickly.
0: remember, I don't like, so, dismemberment yeah. in any of the well, previous I mean, there's ones. A, yeah,
3: like, I know that, like, Ultra 7 was the one who was all into
4: dismemberment. Yeah, Ultra 7 know? is, I'd say, where it definitely yeah. gets into the slice and dice yeah. treatment. But, um, but yeah. I know there's uh,
0: some, like, buddy blighting. Bloody yeah. Yeah. biting. Yeah. Biting. yeah. Biting. Biting. Well, this is definitely
4: the introduction to ripping off people.
0: yeah.
3: But, you know, so I love that. I love the, you know, the kind of the idea of the lawless monster zone
0: mm-hmm.
3: um i of course now wondering where the law abiding monster zone <laughs> is it sort of begs the qu- i think uh, monster zone yeah. kind of tells it all but okay lawless monster zone mm-hmm. um uh, and uh, yeah, poor Pigmon. He just does. He is not built to last. No,
2: uh,
4: <laughs> like rough. the mayfly You know, it's I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean maybe
3: it's, le- it's less sad that way. If he knows that, well, you know, I'm going to be dead in a couple hours anyway. Yeah. I'm going to help the humans, right? You know, it's like it's like, oh, okay, good for you, mm-hmm. you Rachel. Know, make, your take, make it count. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Pigmon. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: Charles, how'd you uh, like this this Monster Island? Okay, so yeah, first of all, that's exactly the, the right point. The Monster Island aspect was is like a grin. Is this what the show's going to be? This is awesome. Yeah, and uh, and then and then there was blood and dismemberment, and I was like, okay, I'm so on board for this series. Now. <laughs> so, uh, and, and no fourth wall breaking, right? Yeah. And I, I thought it was just adorable how they tag poke a uh, uh, poor Pigmon. To track him down with the uh, with the pink balloon, I you know I'm familiar with who Pigbon is only in that okay Ultraman character and Rachel loves him. That that was my context, (laughs) my entire context, and so to see see him in place in the show, I I actually I think he's adorable, but
4: moving as well. I'm sure.
1: Yes, now that you you finally can
4: understand (laughs) her love for this exactly uh, creepy skeleton clown with uh leaves (laughs) stuff sad creepy i I can't remember how we described him so many episodes ago we we had had a really good description for him
0: yeah
1: but it was something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yes pigmon yes Yes. ladies and (laughs) gentlemen pigmon yeah so i know and (laughs) i'm gonna ask a naive question of course i'm full of them and so we watched two episodes with pigmon spoiling Mm -hmm. uh we are going to talk about another episode um so that's all he was in the first series here season. Mm-hmm. Uh does he show up a lot later at all later? Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. yeah he's
0: in a lot of of the new Ultraman series all and right. stuff. Yeah, that he's got different episodes that I've seen, that's actually mostly what I've seen as far as the new Ultraman goes is someone will tell me, Hey, there's Pigmon and <laughs> such and such Ultraman. I was like, well, I'll watch that. Um, there's, there's like some different versions of Pigmon too. That, I mean, obviously the the main one is Garamond was kind of the first Pigmon, but, um, suit kind of thing, but oh, yeah, there's like
3: a King Pigmon or something. But there's there? like,
0: there's, there's a lot of different like iterations that I've kind of seen and discovered that um, in the newer series. And most of the time he is just pigmon, but there's like a movie that was, I want to say, I know Ultraman cosmos is one of the names, but there's Ultraman cosmos versus like Ultraman. Well, just a, just a
4: quick scroll down the, uh, the page, the sort of Wikipedia kind of page for pigmon, you get pigmon, Re Pigmon in the later episode, mm-hmm. uh Ultraman the Ultimate Hero, Ultraman Max, uh, oh, Mega yeah, Monster Battle, Max. Ultra Galaxy Legends the Movie, Ultra Zero Fight, um Ultraman Ginga, Ultraman X, and that was the one I remember being like, "Hey Rachel, there's a Pigmon episode of Ultraman X," and I told you about it the, when I started watching it. Immediately, I was like, uh-huh. "Oh my god, I got to tell Rachel!" Yeah, and then by the end of my uh, me watching it, I was like. Uh, maybe don't watch that one. He dies. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I just, I've come but to learn that. Yeah. he and, always dies. And now
3: I just I just remembered, like that king pig. Like what what show is that sort of king pigmon from?
0: I can't remember which.
3: But you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I don't know which series it's in though. He's got like a crown like, or something, or
3: like like a different. His head his
0: some head horns kind of
4: evolved differently to look
0: yeah. Yeah, there there's some different like kind of stylized pigmons too. But yeah. um there's a really great one that's that they call me in the um <laughs> in the movie that like this hilarious, like nerdy fat Japanese guy is like like friends with him and Minnie helps them like find a dog It's oh it's such a great movie I just watch it over and over again so it's just like Pigmon and a little baby Pigmon version and they find a puppy I'm in um but <laughs> just, yeah.
4: we should probably keep this thing moving along though.
0: All I mean, long. unless you
1: guys want to hang out uh, all yeah. night long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 finish okay. up by saying Red King is awesome. King. So, oh, he's, God. he's such a jerk. It's it's he great. Is. He is. I, I like I like when you have a character like this and Second one, you know exactly his attitude and what he is.
0: You know and he's a bad guy. He, yeah. Well, beyond be a bad guy, yeah, he's also
1: bully. He's, he's a, a heel. bully. Bully, he's a heel. bully. He's a heel. Yeah. Yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, well, I guess
4: he's not a, he's not a heel because he'd have to turn heel to be a heel, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My bad, my yeah. bad. But yes, yeah. yes, red, uh, red king, definitely. Mm-hmm. A, and and I like the design bad, of bad, that bad guy too. Although not corn cob Godzilla. Yes, right. Not red. And really quickly, why is that,
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, I looked it up on the internets and. Um, he was originally, it was originally, Ultraman was supposed to be a Red Man show, mm-hmm. and he was going to be, like, king of the monsters in the Red Man show, so he's Red King. Nice. So, yeah, nothing to do with color red. Well, look at that. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, this is probably one of those first episodes that I watched, and I was like, whoa, because of all the kaiju, you, you know? Go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again... Introducing iconic kaiju, pigmon, red king have gone on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Magular and Chandler have also, but not 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 as popular, not nearly as popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the original series in general, but this one is definitely a standout episode. And of course, when you chose this episode, I was like, duh, pigmon episode, but good for that kaiju parfait as well. Yes. Right on. So let's go ahead and move along to Mm -hmm. our next episode which is episode 11 the ruffian from outer space
0: okay yes
4: a con artist discovers a meteorite with the power to make wishes come true he uses it to conjure up a strange creature and begins terrorizing his neighbors after making the creature giant-sized only ultraman and the science patrol can set things right So I chose this for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, Gango was the Bemular suit, which Mm -hmm. I think is one of of the things that I find endearing about the Ultraman series is the reusing of suits, getting the most bang for your buck.
0: Totally. Or
4: uh, in some cases, the bang for your borrow when they borrowed it from (laughs) Toho, right? So uh, the Bemular suit turning into Gango is one of the reasons I love it. Uh, Another reason I love it is that it starts with kids, And this is actually, you know, it's one of the aspects of Ultraman. It was made for kids and adults, but they definitely said, you got to put stuff for kids in there. Mm -hmm. And these kids that find this like magic outer space stone that can turn into whatever they wish, but only for as long as they wish it. It has that sort of like Twilight zone kind of vibe just Mm -hmm. in the (laughs) introduction. And then everything about that premise turns into just gold for me in this episode Mm -hmm. you've got the kids turning the stuff into a cake a piano a car set and then later on when they've they've handed it over to the authorities and they have their little press conference you get the one dude who's like and the thing he wants the most out of Uh. anything is to be married (laughs) they have that weird little vignette (laughs) and and then they follow that up with a a guy who's got a disability, I guess I'd say, who geniusly, super villain genius style, comes up with a way to steal this thing, turn it into a rocket to fly it out to the out the window, so he can catch it and then run away with it, so that he can use it to scare people at a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> like. Just, For, like, first up w- what and yeah. secondly it is so great uh, another reason is that the guy who is doing this his name is Ren Yamamoto the, the guy who steals uh, the Gango ball I guess I'll call it Okay, Ren Yamamoto is one of the actors you see in all the Toho movies I Toho monster so. movies yeah. getting attacked by monsters and, yeah. in the very first Godzilla movie He's one of the first people to die from the ships. <laughs> and in huh. uh War I think I talked about it in the War of the Gargantua's commentary in War of the Gargantuas, he's that very first dude who gets attacked by the octopus in his ship before oh. Gyra shows up. He
3: needs to stay off ships. Yeah.
4: <laughs> he, he's just I think he really loved hamming yeah. it up for these things. <laughs> and man, does he ham it up in this episode? Oh Cause my gosh. Because yeah, so his much. in his uh <laughs> I mean his wisdom to make make it some sort of like prankster monster like really that's what this is like he's turning this into a kaiju and then playing pranks on people like when he like orders the room service and then the guy comes and sees yango and then pulls the old boy passes out cross-eyed and i love the comedy aspects of this show you know i love this might be a little more like fourth wall breaky. This episode, and, and anyway, anyway, I've talked a lot about it. Let's hear how you guys enjoyed this uh, episode, Ruffian from Outer Space, Dave.
3: I, for me, it was the uh, not so much that it's off the Bimler costume, but just the design of
4: it's crazy. Yango
3: is weird and is like <laughs> his little his little radar ears and his little, little magnet <laughs> hands. Yeah, it is like yeah. just so so strange, and then just like the the strange sort of like. I don't know. It was almost like a totem pole. It way. does yeah. look like a totem yeah. pole. Yeah. The, way that, yeah. the way that he's um, painted up like that. How so. about his
4: sounds? A lot of these kaiju sounds in the Ultraman series basically take like the Baragon, yeah. Varan mm-hmm. roar. What is, what's His, his from? sounds like a uh, recording of a monster roar, like a, a screaming monster and like kind of not scratched, but like. Someone's putting their hand on the record to slow it down, speed it up, kind of
3: thing. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, d- the thing, like, the, uh, the thing that I remember mostly cause, um, uh, you know, I did that illustration mm-hmm. of, yeah. of Gengo, And so I spent a lot of time, like, uh, a couple of months ago, just watching the scenes, like the battle scenes and everything to try and get his, you know, his, his pattern right and, uh, you know, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, but the, uh, the thing that I remember, the thing that stuck with me, is that those battle scenes such as they were? Um, I really wanted to like have Yakety Sax playing in the background
0: <laughs> or something.
3: It was so goofy. Yeah. It was, you know, it was so goofy. And, uh, that, uh, that was kind of like that. So sort of the return to the comedy,
4: mm-hmm. uh, you yeah, know,
3: a little bit was the thing that uh, stuck with me.
4: There's also some, some sympathy going on there too, because In a sense, like, Gango is a monster that should not be. He's not
3: really, he's not one of the
4: bad guys. And he's, he's, yeah, he's not doing things on purpose. He's beating things up just because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Like, and I, it's interesting to see Ultraman in that fight sort of figure that out. Figure it out. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, but it's a, it's a weird episode.
1: Uh, but I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of things that I really like about it. One of them is the genius way he gets the, 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 the rock. Uh, uh, he, he gets, he gets a, uh, uh, like a walkie talkie or something like that. So he's mm-hmm. sitting in his car and he's remotely oh, talking to cause it. Cause he was in that yeah. conference right. and he puts and the walkie talkie right, under the other. desk, like and tapes
4: it, it to the bottom of the but, desk but, and then he's in his car
1: mm-hmm. talking to it. Yeah. But they have this stone in a box. And so the first thing he has to do is like, all right, turn to a liquid. Oh, And that's so it right. runs out of the box. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. And it says blood it coming down like blood. <laughs> and then turn into a rocket. And I was like, all right, that's hilarious. And he gets, he gets a hold of it. But when he's doing the practical jokes, I mean, ultimately, this creature is a big, giant creature only because the guy didn't think through his jokes. He is sitting in his hotel and says, turn, you know, grow. But he grows in the hotel, so he ends up in a disaster. I mean, the hotel comes down around him, and so (laughs) he ends up unconscious. And that's the only reason the creature is even existing for as long as it is. There is an episode.
4: Bear with me. There is an episode of the Godzilla the animated series right the 1998 animation and in this episode there's a guy who's controlling a monster somehow and he goes into a coma and then Godzilla has to fight the monster yeah sort of
1: huh same thing same vibe yeah 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 yeah. so I mean Obviously, he's sitting in a hotel and he says, Grow big. What do you think is going to happen when it grows big in the middle of your hotel room? So so I thought that was very amusing. And it's weird how bright he is bright.
4: to come up with that, that ability to shoot the rocket out of the window to get the gango yeah.
1: ball, but not smart enough to realize yeah. that you're gonna so get it, crushed. It, by it goes the giant a little monster. awry for him, needless to say. But uh anyways, I thought it was a lot of fun.
4: Rachel?
0: Yeah, I the fight is what's always stood out to me and i know we talked about it a little bit already but um but the fact that ultraman like literally tickles yes like Giango at one point like, <laughs> his little hand yeah. like tickling i'm so him. glad it's you like, brought that up and that is has always stood out to me as one of my favorite ultraman moments ever um and then and then him splashing him with the water yeah. like it's like a little kid fight like yep. and it's just because of the ridiculousness of Yango. and it's just the the entire comic like comedic aspect of it is just what kills me about this one i just laugh all the way through it and just really are highly entertained well i episode. bet
4: uh i bet age superai would be very happy to hear how entertained you are <laughs> yeah. by the ruffian from outer space yes. uh i don't really have anything else to really talk about in, in terms of this episode i think i've already spouted out how much love i have for Not just the monster design, but the episode in in total. So let's go ahead and move on to our next episode. Number 13, Oil SOS. Oil SOS! An enormous starfish creature that feeds on petroleum products is preying upon oil tankers in Tokyo Bay. Before long, it sets its sights on Bigger Game, a massive oil storage facility in the port. Only the science patrol and Ultraman have the power to stop it before Japan's energy supplies are cut off.
3: I chose that one uh, v- very specifically from a creature design standpoint, um, hmm. because I remember seeing these, and uh, did Tol Narita do all of the
0: yes. creature designs for the whole series? For the okay. whole first series. So that guy's yeah.
3: nuts. He's, you know, and but he's got this job where he's creating these monsters, he's creating these aliens, and... More or less, you got to figure that he is um, – he's limited by the human silhouette. Like, you know, like Balto, <laughs> biped, two arms, two legs. Yeah. Pigmon, biped, yeah. two arms, two legs. And so to watch him break out of that with this – with Pester. Um,
4: Why don't you describe Pester for the Okay, listeners. so if you,
3: if, you, if you guys did not see this episode, Pestar is nuts. Basically, it's two actors – holding hands. Okay. <laughs> and each actor has got this sort of starfish, uh, uh, what's that movie called? Message from Space? Yeah. 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 Kind of like this, 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 uh, you know, this, giant, this, this starfish giant starfish on, yeah. costume, uh, that sort of form sort of like wings because in where they're holding hands in the middle is a bat's head and there's like, just like, he has these weird ribbed, uh, ribbed wings that are like five pointed for the, you know, the head and the, the arm and the, and the, the legs of the actors. And they've got little, like, uh, on the outside, they, they still keep the little, the actor's, uh, outer hand. So it's kind of like these, he's got these oven mitts on the yeah, outside. Like, yeah, on the, on the outside. And it's just, it's a fascinating. And then when they're talking about it, they're like, Oh, well, you know, Pester has, the reason he looks like this is he has two stomachs and each one of his body is a giant stomach. And I'm like, what?
2: <laughs> this
3: monster is nuts. And, you know, the and also as we, like I mentioned, as we were watching it together, um, he's a sea monster. Okay. Get totally makes sense. Sea monster that eats oil. It's like, okay. You know, it's like there's a lot of oil fields underwater, water and, and the, the scientific explanation they give in the, in the show. It's like, yeah, all right, I, I, I'm buying that. That has a bat's head. It's like, no, no, that, that, that makes, that, that makes less sense. And he breathes fire. It's like, wait, why does a sea monster breathe? When is a sea monster going to breathe fire? How did this <laughs> creature evolve? Now I'm confused, but I, but I love, it's just the, the, the design is so out there. And I mentioned that they, they do repeat this, um, this model in a later Ultraman episode. And if any of you guys remember, If any of you listeners remember which one it was, please email us because we couldn't remember what it is, but there's another double starfish monster that's like shiny red and blue. And he's got kind of a sea anemone head between the, where the, where the hands come together. And we couldn't, I couldn't remember which show it was, but it's, but it's just so fun to see them taking these liberties with the human form to create these new monsters. And then like Mm -hmm. later they do it with Dodongo, you know, basically the, the pantomime horse of ultra kaiju, yeah. and I know they do it. They do it a couple of other times. There's one where I think that like the monster's head is just basically just a giant head with two little legs, and the monster's face is where the actor's crotch is. Which do you mm. know which monster I'm talking about? Mm. It's a. Le- I don't think it might not be this, ser- this I'm series. This series sure. le- might be after you like, get
4: past the 60s. It might be Taro or something like that. There's some
3: nut stuff going on there. Yeah, I don't have too much knowledge. But when, about that. whenever, whenever they, whenever the the uh, Tolanarita or the other creature designers break the human form mm-hmm. so radically, it just it's it's super fun, super yeah. fun and exciting, very imaginative, very imaginative, and
4: and a, 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 like seriously, a great way to break, like you said, from the human form look and even yeah. just the crawling man. Well, form it's gonna, yeah, because it's gonna get boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
3: know, and they and just in the first season they bust out of that, and I there's like. Good for you. That's the way to go. Nice. Beyond that, I think the episode kind of sucks. I mean, it's like the, I mean, honestly, it's like, we all get a good uh, kick out of the way that he like, scarfs down those oil cans. <laughs> it's the best. It's, like, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. But it's like, the, you know, the, one of the things that's so fun about these episodes is the fight between Ultraman and the Kaiju. Yeah. And it's like, this one is just weak. It's like, I was like, <laughs> I was expecting some cause like, here's this thing. Maybe he's going to like wrap Ultraman up in his big stomach wings or maybe he's going to like, I don't know what he's going to do. The like, one cheap shot to the back and then Ultraman kills him. I was like, oh, this sucks. But, and then the, and then the big, the big fight is between Ultraman and the refinery fire, which is, interesting from the he's still there to help you know humans
4: yeah well you kind of get yeah. two big fights in a sense because you get the science patrol fighting, fighting pester, pester that's true. And trying to find the right moment to fight pester which yeah. i found to be kind of the most interesting thing about the episode yeah we got to feed him this petroleum so we can, so blow, we can blow, him blow him up, up <laughs> yeah. which they
3: don't do <laughs> so that was a lot of time well spent that Ultraman could have been fighting past her, but no, go ahead guys. Yeah,
4: Great episode a, choice. dude.
3: Yeah. You know, no, but it's like, just, but it's all, it's all about the critter. It's all. And mm-hmm. it's like, really, that's why we, we like, that's why we watch these shows. We, we watch them for the critter. And, um, but it's interesting to me how sometimes this, this kind of relates to this, how a lot of times some of the weirdest or even dumbest monsters turn out to have like the best fights with um Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, are you, like, do you know the the monster Nova? The one who looks yeah, like, yeah, just like, like a, like, a, like like a, a, a red sheet with ghost. The, yeah. yeah, like a cherry tomato, like a red sheet mm-hmm. ghost. And it's like, you look at this, like that is the dumbest character ever. And then he kicks Ultraman's butt for most of the episode. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. And uh this is kind of the, this is the flip side of that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like all this, like, oh, this monster looks great. Oh, let's make it about a refinery fire. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I guess you could, I guess you could do that. Uh, not, you know, not where I would have went with it, but yeah, you guys, you do you. So, um, but, you know, I love Pester. I love him in, in this. I love him when he returned in Ultraman Great. Um, it's, it's just a good, it's just a a really wild, fun monster.
4: There's a really cool promotional image here from, uh, I'm guessing 1966. Oh, that's so funny. At a gas station. Getting love, gassed up by it. the attendants. I will I really include a link in, uh, in the show notes so that for That's the listeners, so they
1: can also see the hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add about Pesser? I, you know, I mean, I just agree with Dave about yeah. the, the costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fact that they, they were making an effort to disguise as best they could at the moment, I guess, uh, that it's just a guy in a suit, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, by changing the form a little bit uh it can, it can go a long way you know some of my favorite attempts at this i mean are like extra. you know the aliens walking backwards yeah. you know this is getting way <laughs> off topic of kaiju stuff but but that this idea of of just busting of, up the human silhouette busting up the human silhouette and, yeah. and and at work, we've done some costumes like this too where it's, it's some of my favorite ones uh where we've taken two people and you just you know you turn one of them around backwards and and their head becomes the tail and the other person is operating the head and and you just you you disguise how these people fit into it. And yeah. I, I like seeing attempts at this, and that's uh, why I love Legion so much. Right camera yeah. too. Oh yeah, yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the oh the other thing about this episode that caught my eye is like I think at this point in what I've watched so far, this is the most miniatures I've seen, mm. especially miniatures getting blown up in in mm. the entire show. Mm. And, lots yeah. of fire in this episode well, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and blowing up miniatures is always fun.
0: So. <laughs> Rachel. Yeah, I'd I'd say the guys covered it. It's um, yeah, it's all about the creature, man. I've always when I picture Ultraman and think of like the wildest costumes, I always picture that like two guys, like you said, holding hands, like just with the bat head. That that costume is so fantastic. I
4: really want those two guys, one of them to be holding like the rod that is the, the base of the bat head. <laughs> yeah. And the other one to be pulling a trigger that makes the mouth right. open up. <laughs> See, I think oh, yeah, so, sure, why
2: not? I'm, Absolutely.
0: Even yeah. though it's too big for that. And like you said, it's probably operated more like what you said. But I like to think that One of the guys is actually puppeting it like it's a sock puppet in the middle there, like his hand in it.
1: I bet that's what it is. It probably is like that. (laughs) I like to think
0: that it's just somebody in the middle, like, okay, and this is his head. And then I want to think, I want to see what that discussion was when they were designing it of like, okay, you guys, one of you, you're going to be standing like this. One of you is puppeting the head in the middle with your hand. (laughs) And
4: it's just like, you think
0: this is going to (laughs) work?
4: I'm, I'm guessing they had two guys stand together holding hands. Yeah, and then they just covered them with foam. And right? they said, "Wait a second. Right. <laughs> this this is looks working. pretty good. This I'm like what I'm seeing guys. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in terms of design, yeah, I love the pester design. Super yeah. cool. All right, let's go ahead and move along to the next episode. That would be episode 28: Human Specimens: Five and six.: Yeah.) Mm. A mysterious bus crash leaves Ito in the hospital with two broken ankles. Cap decides to follow a mysterious woman who seems to be unharmed by the crash and unconcerned for other travelers on the bus. He soon learns that a strange alien named Dada is stealing scientists in a nearby research center. This is a Dada episode. This is the second episode I chose. I chose this episode because, like we said earlier, it was like one of the very first episodes I ever saw, and it's so iconic. Dada is Dada's visually great. stunning, in my opinion, mm-hmm.
2: especially
4: yeah. uh, the history, the longevity of the of the kaiju, or the alien, I should say. And uh, another reason I chose this is because it gives the human cast a pretty good chance to shine. I mean, they get a That's great true. chance to shine in a lot of the episodes, But this is not necessarily a Ultraman heavy episode. You're seeing a lot more of the science patrol dealing with the alien on their level until the end of the episode. You know, the formula where Mm -hmm. Ultraman shows up, the alien shows up uh, as a big monster too. And then on top of that, Dada's uh, power set and what they're doing on Earth, they're, they're collecting these little specimens. They're first, they're turning people tiny. Mm-hmm. And they're putting them in these tubes. And the scene where they showcase the tubes, in my opinion, is so well done that there were times when I was like, <laughs> am I looking at a figure of a human or a just person? <laughs> who Like, they match it up so well. Anyway, I, I'm infatuated with the Dada also because Lady Kyle loves Dada as well. And so that's oh, yeah, also helped facilitate my love for this just black and white beast from outer space. I love I love everything about the way that this episode goes down and specifically that Dada has continued to be a villain in in the Ultraman universe. I mean, throughout mm-hmm. the entirety oh, yeah. of the series, you can watch series today where Dada is part of like oh, he's, he's, he's an in, alien he, conglomerate. Yeah. Oh, and he's, he's, in, he's in the Netflix anime, anime too. That's right. I mean, yeah.
3: He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the big ones. Hmm.
4: So, uh, well, I think I've talked a little bit too much about this. So what do you guys think about Dada? Rachel?
0: I love Dada. Um, I, like you said, the design. Well, for me, I, as a quilter, I, I want to just make a quilt inspired by Dada because that geometric design is so fantastic and it's just. Well, that'd be awesome. You have It'd a place so for cool. it here. You could leave so, it at the house. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um,
4: I think we just found a quilt project. Right. Amazing. I I'll like it. I'll I get have in So line. many
0: ideas. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so many things to make. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, Brian and I like to make up songs all the time because we're nerds and um and most of them don't leave the house. But um
4: But we've <laughs> but got the, an exception. But, for yeah. You know. yeah.
0: But Brian and I came up with a good song when we were watching the episode earlier that yeah, that it totally works with if you guys are familiar with Radio Gaga, it's yeah. Alien Dada, Alien Dada. Fits that perfectly. Yeah. yeah. That um <laughs> but yeah. It's all you see is Alien Dada. And then, but then it goes weird because there's alien doo-doo. Oh, <laughs> alien da-da. <laughs>
4: what about alien Gigi? Right. We there gotta you go. Figure, we got to figure out the connection. Oh figure, yeah, that's right. The because
0: there's that. yeah, Dave was telling us earlier, there's another Newer. alien da-da, like what is it? I don't. I
3: haven't seen like, the episode, but it's version the version of yeah. alien data. It's called but, Gigi, and it looks like just a much cooler version. So you
0: just sing Gigi of, instead yeah. in the song. But, but I, um, I want to yeah. see it
3: because it looks interesting. There has yeah. to be a connection. They're, they're so visually similar. It yeah, Really does. Totally. I mean that
4: that stark black and white. I've actually seen other ultra aliens with stark black and white designs. But not, and not, and I'm with not, not talking that, not about like a geometric uh, pattern on it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking mm-hmm. about like Duraco or, or right. anything like that. Uh right. yeah, Gigi is from Ultraman Cosmos.
0: Cosmos. Oh, okay. okay. Right, so that's one of the movies I've Thanks, seen. Thanks,
1: Internet. Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Internet saves the day again. Right. Charles, <laughs> thoughts on Dada? Uh not not as many as maybe the other episodes, because I think I may have faded in and out while watching this one. it was late. But uh the the one of the first things that caught my eye was like Wow. Okay. So they really had no budget. It is a papier-mâché head, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> something. Yeah. yeah, duct
3: tape or something. I don't even. Yeah, know I,
1: I thought the design was interesting. Mm. That that aside, uh, uh, whatever craftsmanship was in it, I thought it was interesting. I like act- actually. It's a good point. You know, when you see these aliens, especially nowadays. I mean, you you see so much emphasis on kind of gross biology stuff, and mm. and to see something that's like simple, basic. Uh, Streamline Streamline Geometric stuff I think Mm -hmm. that's fun And uh, I like I like the design For that aspect And the stark Black and white But um, there's a There's a moment When they're fighting uh, When they're giant size Ultraman's fighting him And blasts him Straight in the face (laughs) And I was like all right, this is awesome And uh, (laughs) And uh, And and he's got Battle damage After that Yes I I Mm -hmm. thought that was Really cool and, oh, and, yeah. and the, you have multiple aliens here and they did go to effort to make them distinct. And, yeah. and it's very easy when you're on the shoestring budget to just use the same thing over yeah, and over totally, again to describe totally. the, 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 population. And they, they go to an effort and it just definitely, it may have been the same body, but I, it, uh, it was definitely different yeah. heads, which was cool. Mm-hmm. I would actually like to spend a smidge of time talking about the design
4: of those faces because as an artist, Dave. Yes. Didn't you seem, uh, didn't you see a little Picasso in those facial designs? I mean, they're not exactly, you know, like a gray or they're not. Right. I mean, they're they very, very Dada in a sense, you know.
3: Oh, look at you. Look what you just did.
4: Mm, Art history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, if you guys don't know, listeners, the reason Dada is named Dada is after the Dada art movement. Mm. So.
1: Well, there you there you go. Um, I, I kind of assumed.
4: I figured there had to be I something. Know.
3: But I mean, no, that, no, I'm, I've, I'm probably guilty of the same thing as, uh, as Charlie was saying about, you know, fading in and out or, or there might have been a moment where I spilled hummus on my shirt and stopped watching. <laughs> um, what I, what is the, re- did, do any of you guys catch what is the relationship between, cause it just seemed to me like one of them would disappear and the other one would appear. And I wasn't sure what the relationship was between the three faces.
4: You know, I don't know exactly either, but uh, I okay. know at one point they say when the they're, the two of he them are communicating, one yeah. of them says something like, you only have 101 Dada left. And so oh. yeah. I, was, I wrote that down I because that. I was like, okay. maybe that will, it's like kind of like at the beginning of, okay. of the invasion aspect. And I was like, maybe they'll answer that later on. And I actually have to say, I didn't see any kind of answer to that. All right. I, I just kind that, of assumed like it
1: was it was their is there, unit, is, unit of time, and then it's just like he's only yeah. got oh. <laughs> limited time limit left, or whatever. Well, oh. or, or,
4: yeah. that's like their time limit. Yeah, they, everything's da da. Yeah, they're like oh, the, they're like the
3: Smurfs. Just everything. Is yeah. like, I, you know, Oh, it's time to da
4: da. All
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you later. That, I mean, yeah. that was what I was thinking. How's the day? But, you know, <laughs> yes. just, all the da da day. It's,
4: yeah. <laughs> Same da da, different day. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop doing that now.
3: Um, but yeah, I mean, or it could just, you know, the, one of the things that I appreciate about, um, Eastern storytelling, um uh, especially in like a lot of the Eastern, uh, the, the Japanese horror movies I've seen, like mm-hmm. they don't feel the need to explain everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, this is his alien. It's like, okay. So a part of the time his face is pink and the other time his face is yellow. Okay. Oh, there's blue face too. All right. Yeah, uh, no. sure. He's alien. Uh, who are we to judge? So, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I mean, it could be that. Um, and you just kind of throw in this thing in there to make him seem more alien, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, to the way things are. Um, or I missed the reason yeah. why right. he has, he's flipping back and forth between these three. I don't cases. think he missed it.
4: I mean, basically, okay. I think, I think it's one of those things where it's like the designer. I'm Polnareto, down. I just said, like, yeah. Here are the different designs and they just did them.
3: Yeah. I am yeah. totally down with that. So
4: there's probably like four or five data aliens running around somewhere on Earth right something. now. Yeah. Looking for Ultraman. <laughs> well, I mean isn't he isn't isn't
3: like isn't it called isn't like the subtitle the three-faced alien or the alien with three faces or something like that? Am I mix, am I mm. confusing that with something else? I
4: think Maybe. you might be confusing I might be confusing that, that the, with something else. Cuz this one's – okay. the title of this one is human specimens 5 and 6. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. okay. Anyway. Ah, there we go. Iconic alien. And we're oh, just sure. going to go ahead and move along. Because right. we have two more episodes to cover. Oh, my God. 15 minutes to do it. Let's talk about episode 35, The Monster Graveyard. When a moon rocket accidentally penetrates a monster graveyard in space, it returns to Earth with an unexpected visitor, a glum skeletal monster who wants nothing more than to return to its original resting place in the stars. So, Charles, you chose this one as your second one based
1: off of the monster, I, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I saw the image and I was like, okay, skeleton monster, kind of done in the, you know, vaudeville man in a skeleton costume kind of way. And I was like, <laughs> I, I want to see what this, I just want to see what this was about. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if I was like enamored with the design, so to speak, but I just like, all right, how does this fit in? And uh, I love this episode. This episode surprised me because it went it went in a much darker direction than yeah. uh, previous episodes. Very somber, yeah. Very. And and a couple of things. One, the discovery, I mean, I guess we'll talk about the premise, the 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 discovery of where the ultra zone and the ultra zone. Yeah, yes, they're traveling yeah. through the ultra zone in space, yeah. In space and discovering uh, all of these monsters that Ultraman has battled or killed, I guess we assume are just floating here in this zone, dead, and that was my first realization. It's like, wow, they actually deal with this side of it. I mean, this is this is really cool. And then they come across this other monster flying through space. They just assumed it was another one of these aliens killed by mm-hmm. or monsters yeah, yeah, killed yeah. by
4: Ultraman. I think they even suggest that it's from another another planet, right. like a battle from another planet. Yeah,
1: Uh and it's it's uh, and what's his name again? Sibos. Sibos. Yes. Anyways, so I thought that I thought the cool, the design was cool. And this, this build up, this, this premise was like, all right, this is an interesting start. But, and then, and one of the things I really liked about the episode is, is the way it was photographed versus all of the other episodes. There was a lot more, um, uh, I, I, I guess you could say nighttime kind of shots, but it's it's not just nighttime. It's it's just lit really interestingly. Mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of side lighting on people's faces. I mean it was just they put a lot of effort into the look of the episode. The director of this is Akio
4: Jisoji and he is known for his very bold choices
1: in composition and lighting
4: this mm. episode just he did just, the jamila episode
1: yeah oh, it just talk about oozes it, it i mean it's <laughs> yeah. it's it really stands out from so far all the other episodes i've mm-hmm. watched in, in the way it was photographed yeah there's this whole scene near the end where they're shooting missiles off and it's kind of dusk and you've got this orange kind of almost sunsetty mm-hmm. sky mm-hmm. and the purples and the missiles going off uh shooting at the monsters and it's just like this is amazing looking uh for i mean it just kind of was next level against some of the other episodes here mm, um, that's so cool anyways yeah, yeah, yeah. i i No, you
4: i love everything you said about that for sure i and, and this is a this is another weird one kind of like the gango episode but not comedic it's yes. like <clears throat> sad you know yeah, yeah, like very, at the this, end yeah. this monster has hits to ride with this rocket to earth. He doesn't want to be here, you know. He shouldn't be here. It's yeah. another monster that shouldn't be and and uh it's kind of another episode where there's not really a finality to the battle, you know, the Ultraman battle so that the most uh, the effort is spent to Send Sibos back into
1: space. And I, I love that about yep. this episode. Yeah. And, more
4: sympathy for the monsters. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and again, you know, this, you know, you're walking away from this episode realizing uh, there were, there were more consequences really for all of these characters, all these monsters that he's had to uh, uh, confront uh, this far in the series. And, uh, it's nice when there's, you know, for a kids show, there's not a, usually, especially nowadays, there's not a lot of emphasis on, I mean, go, uh, you know, what the consequences are, you know. Mm, so, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd say that too. Yeah. Dave?
3: Um, I am going to keep the show moving along because I did not see this episode. Oh, David. <laughs> but now I want to. It's yeah. awesome. You, you should Very see it. Good. You should definitely check I'm familiar with SIBOs and... Um, I, f- I remember the, the sort of phantom zone of, of kaiju, mm-hmm, defeated kaiju mm-hmm. from when I like watched it when I was a kid.
4: Right. But, right. um, yep. but I
3: didn't remember any of the pathos or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it
4: sounds interesting. I got to check it out. It's kind of, I mean, it's di- very different. And, uh, SIBOs, I mean, I think like Charles, I'm attracted to SIBOs as a design because it's, you know, it's so metal, but yeah. then it's, you it's not that's a metal exactly. episode at all. Yeah. It's, it's like, so sad. it's like, Oh no. Yeah. And then everybody, it's but it's also, it's got sort of a happy ending, it does. The, you know? Yeah. So yeah. kind of a good, good, uh, overall, you know, diversion from your standard yeah. Ultraman formula. See, and
3: that's, it's, that's interesting to me that you guys like it so much because that, uh, the Sibo's character design is actually one of my least favorite. Mm. Interesting. Mm. You know, right. uh, like I, I was, uh, yeah, just, never, I think it's the duck bill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just a little, a little
4: weird. You know what's weird is there's another kaiju later on. It's in more a like a Tyrannosaurus. One, and I think it's called like skeleton or skeleton, <laughs> like something sure, like let's that. Say that. And it's like a four, four legged skeleton monster, very similar to Sibo's oh, okay. design. Of a different one, then. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to show you a picture later. Anyway, right well, let's go ahead and move along to the final episode we're going to be talking about tonight. And that would be episode 37, The Little Hero. When Pigmon, the cute human-sized monster thought to have been killed in episode 8, inexplicably reappears in the toy section of a department store, the science patrol learns that a giant creature with the ability to resurrect monsters has appeared in Japan.
0: Oh yeah. And we're
4: talking about this because A... It's Pigmon's second episode. And B, Dave chose Geronimon. Geronimon. So let's hear your initial thoughts on this episode.
3: Well, I I dug it. I like, like, again, I like the episodes where there are more than one kaiju. Mm -hmm. And this one gave us a few kaiju. Um, This one I actually didn't see when I was younger. I saw this one for the first time um, after I had collected the Bandai figure. Of Geronimo. Uh, and I always looked at them, I'm like, I was always really confused by the by the design of that one. Because he's got that big feather, feather headdress, headdress and the yeah, weird yeah, yeah. beard and like mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. And I was like, I was like, this is weird looking. What's going on with this guy? And um then when I um when I saw it, I I did like it from a couple of times. One multiple kaiju. Um, to the supernatural aspect, because I like the horror and I like the ghosts and this, you know, mm-hmm. here's a, a, you know, a kaiju that can raise other kaiju from the dead. This is a dangerous kaiju. And, um, which is, I guess, why they, they're saying that he's like the king of the earth monsters.
4: Or what was it? Uh, chief?
0: Oh, chief. Kaiju yeah, chief. The, yeah. Kaiju chief, which is, yeah, yeah which like is, that.
3: yeah, the, the Ger- Geronimon thing. And, but the other thing that always confused me about it is like, why Geronimon? You know, it's like, we, you know, it's obviously for, you know, a, der- a derivation of, uh, Geronimo, mm-hmm. the Apache, uh, chief and, uh, medicine man. But it's like, that's not Japanese. What's the deal? And then Kyle, you mentioned to me that the Ultraman series had been pre-sold
2: mm-hmm. to an
3: American audience and that they made a conscious effort to put Western stuff into it. Yeah. And not Western like Cowboy, obviously, but you know, Western like even though in this particular case, <laughs> yeah. maybe a that's how that bit. works. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like a lot of people are like, it's like, oh, what's America? Oh, okay, John Wayne, pow pow, guns. So um, so they put Geronimo into it, and like then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, at least now it sort of makes sense mm-hmm. that that this that there was this weird Western reference mm-hmm. in this show. And so the chief, you know, a, a famous chief, uh, from American history is the chief of the monsters in, in this thing. And his, uh, the other thing that I thought was just always stuck with me is how weird his powers are. Mm-hmm. Anti-gravity breath mist and telekinetic stabby feathers. <laughs> and the ability to
4: resurrect monsters. And the to resurrect yeah.
3: monsters. Yeah. 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 Let us not forget yeah.
4: the whole premise. It's a crazy, crazy power set. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, just, uh, trivia about the, one of the things that I do think was, think was interesting. And if you guys, uh, if listeners watch the dub version, they will pick up on this because the mistake exists in the dub version. Uh, originally the monsters were supposed to be, uh, instead of Duraco and Teleston, it was supposed to be Red King and Gaborah. And, uh, in the dubbed version, When they're flying over and they see Duraco and Teleston, they say, Oh, look, there's Red King. Oh, there's Gamora. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) That was, uh, that was the original script, but they couldn't use those suits because they were too jacked up from other episodes. They were too, and so they're like, Oh, which, which, which suits aren't completely destroyed? Duraco and Teleston. Okay. You guys are, you guys are in, you know, and so, and so that's how they chose. They ended up choosing those two monsters.
4: Maybe they could have used the Gamora suit if they hadn't just messed it up right? so much in the second <laughs> yeah. Gamora episode. Well, yeah, and that's
3: <laughs> – like depending on like what internet article you read, mm. it'll say Gamora, Red King Gamora, and then the other ones will say Red King and Gaborah,
2: mm, which is a really different monster. Interesting.
3: And the dub says – I had read the article. says, oh, it's Red King Gamora. Yeah, that makes sense. If I was going to resurrect two monsters, yeah. I'd resurrect those guys. And – um." But then the dub says Gaborah.
4: Yeah, is, the dub. It's, it's all I, I'm over the say place. The dub sloppy. Is a little sloppy. It is sloppy work. I mean, we talked about it during the episode. They call monsters by the wrong name yeah, sometimes. Yeah. GRS is called Kira at some point yeah. in, the, in, in that episode. Anyway, yeah, so I that does yeah, 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 that
3: yeah. doesn't work too much. Um, and then you know, this is we we also uh, mentioned how like uh, uh, Ito, the comedy relief mm-hmm. of the Science Patrol is having this existential crisis because nothing he does is good enough because Ultraman's here and he does everything better than we do. So why even go on? (laughs) And he's having this terrible crisis. Uh, and then, and then he, uh, he creates a new weapon that can defy Physics by violating the law of conservation of mass and completely make a giant monster disappear with one shot. And it's like, this is the dude who's having it. I just like, I can't even wake up before 11 o'clock some mornings. And this guy is complaining about his life. You know, it's like, come on. I love
4: that the effect of that gun, though, it reminds know. me of it's, Tron. Like when they the way, like, start they just digitizing and so get like yeah. D res, like five <laughs> yeah. or six. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy looking.
3: You know, but it's like then they inv- then they invent that weapon, and it's like, oh, well, Ultraman can go home, I guess.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's talk to Rachel, who also chose this episode because of Pigmon. We spent a lot of time talking about Geronimon. Yes. We've already talked about Pigmon, but this has this episode has some very interesting oh, <laughs> yeah. Pigmon so culture going on. <laughs> it does, so and I think it'd be a shame if we didn't focus on it for just a little bit.
0: I know it's. <laughs> I love that them trying to figure out what he's saying, and the amount of Pigmons like squealing that you get is <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> You're
3: welcome, <laughs> listeners. <Yes.
0: laughs> um, that's gonna be
3: my new ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be annoying
0: at all. Um, but yeah, lots of great shots of Pigmon in like a sound booth and. Um, we were talking about the need for a Pygmon music video. Yeah. yeah the
4: the we are the world of the Pygmon. <laughs>
0: yes, totally. generation and oh, yeah, yeah. i and I get really distracted in this one by the initial shots of in the toy store and just all the different toys in the background. I'm like, oh when my this God. comes
4: out on Blu-ray here in America yes. eventually i I might have to pause. yeah, oh like, yeah, frame oh, really. by frame I just know. to see what else on the, <laughs> it's on the good shelves. Stuff. I love but seeing um, all the plastic bags with the header cards. Oh, that like, yeah. That oh, yeah. That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Collector so. brains. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. But it it is a good one. I definitely watched Monster of Lawless in the Lawless Zone. Monster of Lawless. Was Lawless it Monster Zone. Lawless Monster Zone. Yeah. Thank you. I was that's like, not that's right. not right. Yeah, not um, <laughs> way more than than Little Hero. Um, but Little Hero is a great one, um, just for the star of Pigmon being in it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> and he,
3: yeah. he goes out so mean. Oh, the way that
0: Duraco just, yeah, it's just, wha- sm- just, just swats oh, him like
4: a bug. Just like, it's it's just, like
0: a little cat going after a fly. M- mean. Oh, I terrible. feel like
4: <laughs> one of Pigmon's yeah. power sets is that he's able to literally drive a kaiju crazy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, He was driving Duraco crazy, and Duraco was just like... Okay, I'm not having any more of this guy. Boosh boom. Boom.
0: shots been like yeah. bouncing around back and forth. Yep. Oh my gosh! And there was yeah. the
3: same dramatic as he dies. His eyelids slowly.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah, Same in both episodes. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's got his great you know? doll. Eyes. I think I. Yeah. It,
4: that's probably the same in all Big like, <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Like when I he know. dies. Uh, yeah. and again and again. And once again, Again. the door closes on a pig bomb in order to open on one in several series later. yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, No explanation needed.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, this is one of those ones I would say that as the series, as the episode number grows higher, I've seen less and less of them. Right. So like I'll sit Mm -hmm. down and go, I'm going to watch the Ultra series and I'll literally start with episode one. And then I'll get maybe six or seven episodes into oh, it. Oh, sure. Maybe ten episodes, maybe fifteen episodes. But man, thirty seven. We're talking yeah. like at the very end. I've only made it that far a couple of times into the series. So I'm not as familiar with the uh, the final episode we're gonna be talking about tonight, which is this one, The Little Hero. But honestly, this is a great episode. Yeah. Uh for that Kaiju Parfait, because not yeah. only do you mm-hmm. get Geronimon yeah. and Pigmon, you also get Duraco, you also get Teleston mm-hmm. being resurrected for a hot minute by Geronimon. Yeah. And uh, overall, I mean, it really helps fill out this episode's giant monster quota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I wonder how many, and, you know, if I had been keeping track with a little ticker. Oh, yeah. How many <laughs> monsters in each episode... Would that tally out to even even counting the mm-hmm. repeats like Pigmon, hmm. yeah. Red King, etc. I'm
0: sure it's anyway. There. Oh. It's way high, I'm sure. And yeah. I have to mention that Pigmon becomes an honorary member of the Science Patrol in this oh, one. That's true yes is fantastic. yeah.
4: but does he ever come back with the science comes- patrol yeah. uniform oh on? my god
0: I totally thought that that needs to happen when I was watching this episode too. Yeah.
4: so if you're listening to this and you are an artist and right. you just want to take a stab at it I'm go. sure Rachel would love to see it you should post it yes. in the Kaiju Corps yes. through, on Facebook
0: please do
1: what else do we want to talk about this episode yeah uh, I'll keep it brief. I mean, everybody's covered covered it pretty well. Memorable things to me: uh, Ultraman basically fighting uh, a bunch of feathers, and <laughs> uh, uh, the beginning of the episode is, so dumb. is is I, I was surprised to see that this 1967 show was so meta already. Uh, with they're in the toy store and there's toys of Pigmon in the toy store where Pigmon is standing. <laughs> So I was like, okay, and then to discover that uh, that Pigmon in reality is the Kenny of the Ultraman universe. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good that's good. So, 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 See, When you
4: said Kenny, my first reaction, of course, was Gamma Kenny. But no, I know you're talking no. about South, South Park, Park. South Park Kenny. South Park, yeah. South Park <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> this took
1: me a minute. I mean, he's wearing the same hoodie, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. So I, I, I've i enjoyed this series so far, and I'm definitely going to watch the rest of these episodes. I would also like to see some fan art of Kenny, but just
4: erase the, the <laughs> eyes from the face and put Pigmon's face in there. Oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah, that would work pretty well. That would be easy Photoshop. Yeah. Job. Yep. <laughs> uh, You know, I don't have anything else to add about this particular episode. Uh, I think really quickly, you know, the, there's really only two more episodes in the series, and that final one... Is pretty cool. Have you watched it yet? Not yet. You got to check it out. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you think when you finally see it, because essentially, I mean, spoiler alert, Ultraman meets his match. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, great. Who's the, who's the monster series. now? Zetton. Oh, yeah. 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 Zeton actually, a little trivia for the listeners that no one will ever need to remember. Zetan's noise is one of my favorite <laughs> kaiju noises of all time. It's like
3: a giant Pokemon, but it Just also says, goes yeah. like yeah. that. Oh, that, yeah. sound,
4: that sound, that really sound effect—not his like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah. nearly that's as cool as it that. Yeah. I want that to be my ringtone. Anyway, that would be a good one. You guys, uh, thank you so much for coming over and watching these Ultraman episodes. Yeah, someday thank we'll you. have to talk a little bit more in depth. Even, even more about some of the future series in this Ultraman universe. And space giants. And space giants. Don't <laughs> let me forget. I won't my gosh i don't know if i could mainline <laughs> the entire space I know, that series. Would be
3: ha- in, in all fairness that would be hard
4: i think there's like 50 plus episodes of <laughs> that, would, on that oh show gosh. that would be hard
3: oh boy. anyway
4: yeah ultraman was Are cutting it close at 39 <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but seriously ultraman is a is is a series that deserves the deep dives and i hope that what you guys have heard here from us tonight and what you'll probably continue hearing from me in this episode after we close out here uh at least gets you interested in the ultra series. If, if you weren't already, because man, what a history deep dive baby. Has. so
3: much, mm-hmm. so much.
4: All right. Well, guys, thanks for coming over. Yay. And, uh, just want to say, if you are out there and you have not seen the Ultraman series, I would not suggest that you buy it just yet. I mentioned this in the ultra Q episode because subaraya won the court case that basically says they can release things in the United States. Now, I have a feeling that we are going to see Ultraman and Ultra Q and Ultra 7 being released domestically here in the States in the coming X time. I don't know what that's going to be, months, years, etc. But basically, I think that's on its way. So what I would say is hold off if you can. If you cannot, it's available, but you're just not going to get like the best quality. And if you have not seen Ultraman and you've made it this far, kudos to you. And hopefully that means you are definitely on your way to checking out the Ultraman series. And hey, don't forget about Ultra Q. I think what we're going to do is close things out with a couple of housekeeping announcements. First up, the pre-orders are now closed for the Death Metal Kaiju Cast logo t-shirt. What's going to happen now is I'll be placing the order for those. They will get produced, and then I will mail them out. Anything that's left over will be taken to G-Fest. I'll be posting a link in the show notes to the t-shirt of the month club, where you can find the links to the next shirt, which will be the Tom Whalen shirt. I need to talk with the t-shirt company because this is more colors than the first one. Also, we're going to do it on two different styles of shirts. We're going to do it on a white t-shirt. We're also going to do it on like the baseball-style raglan, uh, sometimes it's known as a three-quarter raglan. Anyway, we're going to do those two shirt styles, so we'll have those options available. And don't forget that if you pre-order the shirt, you get a special gift. And hopefully the people who get their death metal t-shirts really dig the little bonus feature that they're getting. So please make sure to get your orders in. Don't forget, we do still have the Tom Whalen poster available. It will be available until it's not. Anyway, uh, we are going to close out this episode with a song that is actually not from Ultraman, but Ultraman related. Subaraya also produced a show in 1966 called Kaiju Busca. And this is a cover of the Kaiju Buska theme song performed by Kagaku Tokusutai, a cool band. And I met some of those guys in Japan last year when I was at the DNA exhibit. I hope you enjoy this track and I hope you have enjoyed this episode. We will see you next month. Jamata.